0: If you have limited time to hunt, like there's nothing wrong with hunting private land. Like I, I, I say this all the time. As hunters, right, we're we're under attack all the time from from the anti's, right, right. So why are we infighting about like whether or not I killed it on public or I killed it? Like as long as I did it legally, it shouldn't matter. Like who gives a shit?
1: People are so uppity about that.
0: They're so uppity, and it's I think it's all ego and it is man. It's weird.
1: I don't know why. To me, it's. Okay, I, I, where I draw the line is as far as I won't even say like I draw the line as far as doing it because there, there's some hunts that I'd be interested in doing, but you know I see the difference I guess between a high fence hunt versus a hunt on private land or but I feel like a private land hunt and a public land hunt you just have one that's going to be a little more difficult or the animals are more pressured and then one where you're going to have more opportunity and it's but you're doing the same thing these are wild animals right so you know there's no reason to be a hater about it exactly who cares you know the guy shot a massive animal like good for him sick
0: that's sweet yeah good
1: for you do you feel like coming from sports and i guess there's some people in sports that are kind of like that too but i feel like for me i want to see my my teammates and friends have a lot of success in in their sport but it's it's i feel like it's the same thing in, in hunting like some people want your teammates to freaking trip and fall and mess up and some people want them to like you know Make 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 the play, or you know, do something cool, and then you know, hunting yeah. is the same thing.
0: Dude, it's it's the same. I was, it's funny because that you said that because I was going to segue right into this. Um, when it when I retired from the NFL, what I was missing the most was like that locker room feel. Yeah, right. Like being in the locker room with your boys, you, being in a fight camp. I'm sure is the same way. You know, you, and as a wrestler, you know what it's like. cutting weight with all your boys. You know, like everybody's miserable and suffering together. Um, it's the same way with like an elk camp, man. Like we're all grinding out here. Like we're all tired we're all waking up at 5 a.m. and getting up to go hike that same hill we hiked the last four days you know and this is the last day of the hunt we're gonna try to make it happen and then when somebody finally makes it happen everybody's happy like everyone is happy mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that, right. that I did it or you did it it's um it's the same it was the same with football I mean like when it came down Von Miller and I we had 136 sacks together he had 100 I had 36 but every one of those hundred <laughs> sacks I was just as fired up like I did it myself you know, because like, we're a team and like, we're doing this together. Like we played right next to each other. We're working these guys together. So like your success is my success. My success is your success. That's, that's where like, there's this, um, you know, uh, so Lane, Lane, my producer, when we first, when I first got into this industry two years ago, he was like, let me tell you something, man, there's a lot of assholes in this. Hmm. There's a lot of guys that are going to hate on you just because you're from the, you come from the NFL and. They're gonna think you're entitled to this and that, and you're gonna like. Cause he knew that I, you knew I was gonna have success in this pretty quick, right? And I did. You know, I was able to. You know, it, it really started because I killed this giant mountain lion. That was like killing that giant mountain lion. Like, insane. really blew me up. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I was already like, you know, I did like I was on TMZ for killing this bison and holding its heart, and <laughs> you know, they they didn't like that. And then I was like, there was a bunch of controversy because I was carrying that bear on my back, and they were like, why are you carrying a bear if you can't play? You know, I'm, that's. Like, freaking sweet. Like, dude, it's a little, yeah, it's like, dude, it's I'm used to, I'm doing like four hundred pound single leg squats. Like you think carrying this fucking bear is a, gonna hurt me. Like relax. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. People are so pressed about what people are doing in their daily lives. You know, it's such a weird, weird thing how many people are concerned with what grown men are just doing on a daily basis. And but back to your point about the the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the that's what I loved about being um on the Penn State team in NCA because we roll in, we got 10 dudes. Y'all got 10 dudes. Let's see who is better, right? Like, that's what a duel was. You know, we, we go to Ohio State. We go to Iowa. We go to Oklahoma State. Your best 10 against our best 10. Let's see what's up. And, you know, when I look back at my college career, like, I had individual accomplishments that were pretty cool. But what I think was the coolest is over four years, we were undefeated in duels. We never lost a duel. And we won four NCA team championships. And Dude, so – that's – that's what I look back on when I remember my college career and I'm like so first off we had all the success but secondly all those dudes that I was on the team with are my boys like I had seven guys in my wedding and six of them were from my college wrestling team yeah. and one of them was a guy I've known since I was 6 and he wrestled at University of Wyoming so it was like literally all wrestlers but that's where what you know I loved about it it was yeah I got to win and stuff but we got to roll in and just absolutely smash these guys up you know, whatever. Do it at home. All our fans cheer for us, and and we did it as a team, as together. Yeah, we're grinding every day in practice, sacrificing, doing all this stuff. Then we get to go show out, and and that's really what I was missing. I wrestled internationally for two years, so 2019 to 2021, and uh, you don't really get that in the Olympic styles. You're kind of on your own. Yeah. And then you know, and and I, I didn't have any passion. I, I I had passion for wrestling, but I didn't have any passion for. Going out to compete and, you know, doing doing that stuff because it just seemed like, why am I doing this, you know?
0: Yeah, because when you're doing it for your brother, man, like it is it, – it is. Because when you're – you're doing it so you don't let your team down because you're trying to win it as a team, right? Right. But when you're just doing it for yourself, you know, it, it's different. Yeah. It is. It's, I don't care what anybody says – it is a different feeling and it takes it takes a different mentality. So it's hard to come out and come into that mentality after being like on a team mentality. For sure. So let's go, but let's talk about the wrestling. Like, let's, where did, when did wrestling start for you?
1: Yeah, so I started wrestling. My my grandpa uh, wrestled his whole life, wrestled in college at a, uh, actually at, at the time it was Colorado College. It's now uh, North, University of Northern Colorado. And so he was a wrestling coach and then my dad got into wrestling and he wrestled pretty much his whole life. So when my dad decided to go to college, he went to uh, Shattern State, a school in Nebraska, and he was um, D2 school, but he was going to do football and wrestling, and then he uh, did the football season, and he was like 215, and they were like, all right, you're going to be like 170, and he's like, no, I'm good, but anyway, so then he, his first <laughs> job out of college, so he played football in college, but... Uh, what position? He played uh, linebacker, fullback. Nice. Yeah, so... then, I, <laughs> Yeah, for sure, and then out of college... Um, he graduated. He his first coaching job was at Rifle, Colorado, and he was the head wrestling coach and defensive coordinator, football coach. And that's where he met my mom. So that's where I was born in Rifle. And uh, just immediately, I think I was born in January. And state wrestling tournaments generally February. So at a month old, I was at my first state wrestling tournament. Yeah. And I always just loved it. You know, it was something that I gravitated towards. And I did a ton of sports growing up, but wrestling was always the one that it meant a lot more to me and it was more serious and so yeah just started. Why do you think that was? Um, You know I think there's a few reasons. I think that first off just the my dad has always had a really good team and had guys that were competing at a really high level and he had good football teams too but his wrestling teams were you know state champion you know individual state champions individual net like national champion type level guys and so to me i saw that success right away and i kind of saw what i could do and what i could be and also just the the fact of it being an individual sport and i played football and i loved football football was so fun definitely that that camaraderie aspect being with your team it was more fun you know to go out there and play but wrestling was what i just identified with it was like God just put that in my heart to yeah. to go out and compete and wrestle and even I remember as a kid just it meaning so much to me winning and losing a match and and football you know it meant something but it's kind of like ah well you know I mean I scored like four touchdowns so you know what what are we gonna do here like and and you know, I, I did what We're I was so gonna right, do man. yeah and then you know but wrestling is like. Dang, that kid just whipped my ass. That
0: hurts. (laughs) but it's you and him. Yeah, there's no but. There's nobody to blame.
1: Right, and so I just, I just love that. You know, I loved that it was it was on me, and uh, yeah, and the training to me was uh, just a little more intense, a little a little tougher. And you just, I think the mental game of is is different. But I just love that mental game of wrestling of you know, being willing to just push it harder than other people, to be more disciplined, spend more time. And then knowing I'm going to get this result because of it. And there's no reliance on anyone but, but me.
0: Yeah, dragging them to that deep end, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's I try to tell people all the time that didn't wrestle. I'm like, wrestling is the hardest sport. Like, it is so difficult. And not just difficult, like, technique-wise, but mental. Like you said, the mental side of that game is, I mean, because you're tired from the first period. Like you are, you're gonna be tired when you're thirty seconds in. You can, yeah, <laughs> you're tired. You're gonna be tired as soon as you start wrestling. Like you just are. So how like how well do you operate when you're tired?
1: Yeah, that's just the and standard. You just gotta you know? get
0: comfortable in that uncomfortability. You know,
1: one of my coaches, you know, for me, I never really lost the match because I got tired. Uh, that wasn't really an, ever an issue for me, but you know, I would get tired, and and um, it was something that would kind of, I guess, coming into college, it was on my mind of man, like there's certain guys that they're just bruiser dudes that that's like their whole game is get you tired and I'll so in my mind I'm thinking there's a couple and one of the guys was my main training partner as a freshman his name is Matt Brown he's NCAA champion for us and I was redshirting so I was kind of right behind him but he was like so I was six foot tall 175 pounds skinny as heck and he was 5'8 and just a tank and he was you know military guy like doing dips with 135 pounds on his waist like crazy stuff and uh so he would just freaking pull on my neck get me tired get me tired and so i started talking to coaches about it and uh i was like oh yeah like i really you know i think i i would beat him but he just i I don't i can't do it for seven minutes and they're like well just because you're tired doesn't mean you you get to stop wrestling and i was like that flipped a switch in my mind where mentally now i'm like okay i'm not worried about getting tired i just know i'm going to And I know I'm going to get tired and now I'm just going to operate at a better level than whatever you're doing at that same, you know, fatigue. (laughs) But then, you know, it went from that to just kind of building my conditioning base, building my technique, building my strategy to where I just kind of separated from people. And now I feel very fresh, you know, I'm still doing the same amount as you. I'm still tired, but it's like every second the match goes on, I'm widening the gap. Mm -hmm. And that that was later in my career. But as a freshman, you know, there's a lot of lessons to learn to get to that point.
0: Well, do you, was it because high school, did you, so did you go like nationals and everything in middle school? Did you do all that stuff?
1: Yeah. So I was always wrestling a ton and, you know, competing all over the country and stuff. And I feel like it was good for me because I won probably 95% of my matches, but there were still kids that were better than me. They were beating me. And it was pretty much like that until I was a senior in high school. You know, I, I was, I think maybe towards the end of my junior year was the first time I was... Was like ranked as the number one kid in the country at my weight, and uh, then you know, I after that I uh, didn't really lose a match. But um,
0: how many state championships did you win in high so school?
1: So I won three state championships in high school. I took second as a freshman, <laughs> and uh, but like to People me, thought, it was
0: hey, if you don't know how hard that is to do, <laughs> go try it because it is not easy. That <laughs> takes dude the dedication that it takes. That, like, good on you, man. Like, I don't care if you did anything else other than high school, just that is like impressive as hell to me because I was a high school wrestler. So mm-hmm. I know how hard it is, you know. So um, good on you, man. That's but fucking
1: awesome. I appreciate it for sure. You know, it was a lot of work. And, you know, but for me, I think it was interesting because, like I was saying, my dad was a really high level coach. And so he had guys that were, you know, multiple time state champions, four time state champions, that type of thing. And uh, so to me, that was like not. It was the rule, you know. It wasn't the exception. It was like that's what I'm gonna do. That's the standard. So yeah, I was seven, probably you know seven years old, and I'm gonna be a four time state champion. Like I'm not gonna lose. I'm gonna dominate everybody. I didn't lose a state tournament until I was in the eighth grade. And in the eighth grade, I wrestled. Uh, I wrestled varsity, so I was competing against you know through. So, you
0: were wrestling high schoolers.
1: Yeah, I was wrestling high schoolers. So, through 12th grade. And uh, (laughs) that was the first year I lost at the state tournament. I took second that year as well. But, you know, up from six years old till whatever I was when I was eighth grade, 14, I didn't lose a state tournament. It was, and not only folk style, but freestyle and Greco. So, I was winning three state tournaments a year for however many years that is, like almost 10 years. And uh, that was just what I expected to do. So, you know, to me, I look back at high school. And I learned so much, and I got so much better, and so much out of it. But result-wise, like I didn't really reach my goal. I was like, when I I wanted to be a four-time state champion, and so to me, it's not nice. Like I, I did this. It's whatever you know, and kind of I don't know. I, I well, don't think that's what
0: good. makes. Hold on, I'm going to stop you there yeah. because I understand exactly what you're saying. That's what makes you great, though. Um, it's the it, you're not content. There, it's there's a there's a disease going around. It's called complacency. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, you know, I could have been a four-time state champ, but I wasn't. Or I focus on all the things I did right, but I don't look at the things that, like, I failed at, and I didn't learn from that failure. So now everything seems easy. And that's why people quit. Right. Is because they're like, well, it was easy, and now it's hard. You know, but I think that that might have been you losing that one time may have been what you needed. Oh, absolutely. Like, that might have been. I bet that that you probably think about that all the time. That probably drives you crazy. Sure. I know, I know because I lost a Super Bowl. Right. And that made me crazy. It made me absolutely nuts and crazy. And mm-hmm. I was able to win another one in two years, but it's so hard to get there that when you get there and lose, it is like crushing. It crushes you because you see guys that go 16 years in the league, and never get to the Super Bowl, never win one, never, you know, to have a, a Super Bowl ring was just like, that was the dream, man. When I watched, when I started playing football at seven years old, that was the dream, win a Super Bowl. You know, so I'm sure that was the same way with you. You were thinking about that four time state championship. You're one of those guys. You know, when you got like in for, in Ohio, when you walk out at the tournament, when you walk out at the Schottenstein Center in Ohio State for the state tournament, there's a black <laughs> dark hallway. You walk out, yeah, and there's the four time state champs on the wall there, and there's not very many of them, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, that'd be cool to be one of those guys. You know,
1: right? Yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, that's that, that's just to me everybody has goals everybody has things they want to achieve and to me it was always the pinnacle of the sport like you said you know um being a super bowl champion and uh you know for wrestling to me that was in high school uh being a four-time state champion and i put so much into that and so much effort into that that it was a really weird position to find myself in when i lost the first one and it's like no well it's over now <laughs> like what do i do and uh you know it's interesting because I actually had basically an exact repeat in college because I my freshman year I took second. I made the NSA finals take second, and then I won three after that. But now where I'm at, I look back on those things and you know, I think about the losses and they really do still bother me to this day. You know, I can think of a lot like losses when I was a little kid that still bothered me. But I I feel like I that's part of my journey and part of the path that God has set out for me because you know, there's always going to be bigger and better. And I like having that chip on my shoulder where I haven't really proved everything to myself that I need to. And that's why I'm still competing and, um, doing what I, what I love doing is because if I proved everything that I wanted to, to myself in my sport, I'm going to move on. I'm going to do something else, you know, but I haven't. So I'm really motivated and, and it, it wouldn't be any fun to try to do what we do every day if I didn't love it, I didn't want to do it. If I wasn't motivated, right? It's like, too hard.
0: It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. If you don't love it, I, I say this all the time about football. If you don't love the sport, man, it's too hard. It's too physical. You're in pain all the time. If you don't love it, then you know you need to find something else because it's, it's not going to last long for you, and you're wasting your time. Um, so I bet you can count on your on one hand how many times you lost in eight years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lost three in college. Well, it's close. It's, I lost. I lost a little more in high school. I lost seven, so I lost ten times between high school and college.
0: I'm talking about in just. Oh, from the last eight years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like three, uh, five, six. Yeah, six. Yeah, not not a lot. I don't that's lose. That's wild. Man. I'm not interested in losing. No, so that no. doesn't really interest me at all. So no. <laughs> it's not why I do what I do. It's not a, really in my mind. I don't ever go into a competition really feeling like that's an option for me.
0: Well, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't even be there if you feel like you're going to lose.
1: No, it doesn't make sense.
0: I, I can't. I can't imagine. I could never imagine. No matter how good of a wrestler, a wrestler that I was lining up against, or a football player, or an offensive lineman, you know, I never thought. Oh, he's so good. I might, I don't know. I hope I beat him. Mm. I always thought I'm better than him for sure. Like, I knew, I should beat him. You know, I should win.
1: You have to, and I think you know. For me, and in going into a fight, um, I'm not interested in going into a fight that is fair. I'm not like, all right, 50-50, let's toss a coin, see if I win or lose, you know, so for me, that comes from, you know, at this point early in my career, getting good, progressively more difficult matchups that make sense for me, and uh, eventually, you know, I'm a year into this, when I'm two years into this, three years into this, I'm going to be fighting the top five guys in the world, and it's not going to be fair, you know, so that that's to me where I want to get, And and it takes time to do that. I think, it's it's interesting when i see online or hear people say stuff you know oh you fight the top five fight the champ i'm like i'm five and oh right so yeah i'm gonna get there but when i get there and i'm ready to do that it's not gonna be competitive so th- that's to me the, the plan it's long term and uh, you know i'm not interested like i said going into a fight that is is fair 50 50 toss up all the fans <laughs> want to see that let them bang bro that type of thing but you know i'm here to win so that that's why that's why I do what I do. I'm here to win, be world champion, pound for pound number one fighter in the world, and there's a there's a way to go about that, a way to do that, and you know most fighters don't really follow that path, but I'm disciplined enough to do it.
0: And that's been instilled in you from such a young age with as being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Dude, you are. I love watching you fight because like <laughs> I could just see you have that dog in you. You know what I mean? Like it, there is no there is no like oh I hope I win. Like you go in there. And you could tell like your body language, everything shows it like you're, it's like you already won. Like now you just got to just go have fun. It's like, you're having a good time doing it. It's the best, you know, like you're having fun doing
1: it. Yeah. Like when you went to play, when you, when you went to play football, is it like, I mean, everybody's mentality is probably a little different, but I'm sure you, that was the most fun part of what you got to do. Well, yeah, you
0: practice your ass off so that when you get to the game, it's fun. It's fun. (laughs) I had a coach one time. He said, you get paid to practice. Mm. the game is for fun. I get paid to make weight. Exactly. Like you're getting paid to cut weight (laughs) Yeah. and you know, you're getting paid to fucking roll in jujitsu and you're getting paid to fucking hit mitts and you're getting paid to get on a bike and you're getting paid to sit in a sauna. You're getting paid to fucking, um, (laughs) lay in a sweat box, you know what what I mean? And spit in a cup. So you can just just to make weight, you know? And then, then, then it's like, Oh, I'm, I made weight. Mm -hmm. Now I get to go have fun. For sure. You know, that's, that's like, it's just so cool, man. Like, um, well, I want to talk about what made you choose Penn State. Mm, you yeah. Know what, so, how many you probably had every school in the country wanted you to wrestle for them.
1: Yeah, you know there was a lot of schools that reached out. Like you said, every school: Ohio State, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Cornell, uh, Nebraska. Name a school that they, they were reaching out to me, and uh, I was honestly, as a sophomore, junior, really just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was entertaining a lot of these. Conversations. It wasn't like I was full Penn State or bust from day one. I was, you know, I I was in Texas in high school. So there wasn't really a Division I university local. The closest were Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but they were still a few hours away. And so I didn't really feel like I had strong ties anywhere. I wanted to see what everybody had to say. And
0: well, if you did have ties, it would be Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Yeah,
1: it? it would have. You know, I had friends that went there and stuff, and they were down visiting me a lot, but I didn't feel like I owed them, like, going there because right. I wasn't, like, committed from to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some guys that grow up in State College, PA, or Columbus, and it's like, all right, where are you going to go, right? Like, you know, you've been training with the college probably since you were in eighth grade. So, yeah. you know, there's kind of, like, like a good example, like, Yanni Diakomihalis is from Ith- Ithaca. He was a four-time NCAA champ for Cornell, and he's going to Cornell, right? Like, <laughs> there was no other option. And so, for me, I was kind of visiting everywhere, visited Nebraska, visited... University of Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and what really kind of the turning point for my recruiting process was I did a tournament in Ohio in Akron, and before the tournament I visited Ohio State, visited Columbus, and then after, what high school was it? It was at, at University of Akron. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right. it was this was an off scene It was a uh, basically to make the world team for uh, like a seventeen and under age division. Nice. Yeah, and so I wrestle uh, or I uh, visit Ohio State. It was crazy. So I roll in and. Uh, who would have been the quarterback around 2013 was it like JT Barrett or
0: um yeah
1: yeah JT Barrett yeah. so this is a funny story so i'm with uh i'm with uh Tom Ryan who's the head uh Ohio State wrestling coach and we roll into the football facility and their like indoor facility and he's like this is the quarterback it's JT Barrett and i mean i've seen him on tv i'm a football fan so i'm watching him and he's throwing routes to receivers and there's like seven girls all Super decked out and like crazy outfits, they're all just watching him every time he cl- completes a pass, everybody's like cheering, it's crazy. I'm like, What the hell is going on? <laughs> and uh, then Urban Meyer rolls up to me and he's like, Hey, what's up? Like, and he's like, You come to school here or what? And I'm like, Well, I don't know, we'll see, you know, it's my visit, so I like it, but I don't know yet. And uh, he's like, All right, well, you know, kind of just talk to me, this and that. He's like, We'd love to have you here, and uh, so then I I'm leaving the facility and I'm kind of walking down this hallway and it's like, uh, there's a bunch of trophies and plaques on the side and I'm, it's not very wide. It's maybe five feet wide and I'm walking and Urban Meyer's like walking the other and and he comes around the corner. He's walking the other way and, uh, he's like, all right, see y'all later. And like, as we're crossing, so he's kind of getting like, give me like a little bump, like, all right, like see ya. And he freaking boom, like shoulders me. And like checks me and I wasn't ready. I was just like totally relaxed, thinking you're gonna be like pat me on the shoulder. All right, see ya. And now it was like boom, like almost knocked me back. Cause I was just totally <laughs> loose. And I was like, what the hell is that? And when my my dad looks at me and I just start laughing, and I'm like, okay, like that was hilarious. But that was my interaction with him, and then you know, wrestled at the <laughs> tournament. It was just funny. I didn't, I wasn't offended it's at so all. random It was super <laughs> random, and just like, I think he was like ch- just testing me a little bit, like checking me, but I was not on the same wavelength as him. Yeah. And uh it was just so funny. And so uh then, you know, wrestle the tournament and then I gotta visit Penn State and basically it was a perfect set like week because I gotta compare and contrast really my top two schools at the time. They were you know the two best schools. And uh the vibes were so different. You know, Ohio State was really arrogant. I wouldn't even say arrogant. They were trying to impress me. It was like, look what we got. This is amazing. You know, this and that. It's insane. It's so sick. And I was like, yeah, cool, like this, is good. So I go to Penn State, and um, I go up to the coach's office, and it's very humble. It's just like you would never guess that it's the national champion coach's office. It's just like I got a couch and a coffee table. It's very low key, and uh, we're all they, we just sit down at the coffee table and we're talking. And coaches are asking me questions. They're like, "So you like wrestling?" I'm like, "I love wrestling. It's super fun." And they're, you know, "All right, well, what, what else do you do? Like, what's fun for you? Like, what, what kind of like?" They're just talking to me like a normal person very mm-hmm. genuine very relaxed and uh not trying to sell me anything you know i i kind of the other coaches were a little bit like used car salesmen and mm-hmm. they were just trying to get to know me genuine so in that sure. moment i knew i was like i want to go to penn state the only problem was every other school was you know, full ride the entire the everything's paid for you're good to go penn state hadn't even offered me yet at this point so i was like yo what's up <laughs> and uh like a month go by goes by And I'm about to take a vacation with my family, our first ever family vacation. We've never taken a family vacation before, but we're going to the Cayman Islands. And I decide I'm like, I don't want this weighing on me on a seven-day vacation. So I'm gonna like, let's get this figured out. So I tell the coaches, "Hey, like, make me an offer. Let's figure this out." And so they basically say, "We'll pay you fifty or fifty percent for the first year, and then after that, it's a full ride." So now I got to come up with twenty-five grand, and I'm like, "Frick, let's do it. Whatever." I don't know how I'm gonna. Make get that money, but I'm going to Penn State, so didn't even negotiate. Probably should have. <laughs> and, uh, but I was like, I call. I was like, all but right, you give me a second.
0: You kind of like showed your cards by telling them like, hey, yeah. I really want to come here. Yeah, so. I,
1: I didn't say it like that. I just told <laughs> them like, all right, I'm making a decision. Make me an offer, and that's what they said. And then I was like, all right, done. Let's go. Send me the papers.
0: <laughs> Which blows my mind yeah. that they wouldn't give you a full ride.
1: It was just so. What ha- what happened was, and and the reason that I was very you know i didn't even really want to there was a couple reasons why i didn't want to even negotiate was one i loved it there i knew that was where i want to go but two we had the number 1 recruiting class in the country probably the number 1 recruiting class all time so out of the top 10 pound for pound guys at that time we probably had four committed of the top 10 and then which is in wrestling there's only 10 weights so like right. that's insane and then we also had in the top 100 another probably three guys so basically almost a full lineup of insane recruits so i mean you look back on it it's definitely the number one recruiting class of all time we ended up with i think seven seven or eight national champions and a dozen to 15 all-americans you know so it was like pretty ridiculous but yeah uh they were like we got all these guys coming in you know you're all taking a cut so basically we were all at like 50 percent and I was cool with it because I wanted a good team too. I was like, the team is very important to me. But yeah, that's kind of how it went down and made a good made a good call.
0: <laughs> it was a perfect call. Yeah. It was a great call. Yeah. So you go and you went you get second your your freshman year. Yeah, it So Walk me through that.
1: <laughs> oh man. So it's a whole freaking thing. I hate to bring up something no, you're that good. sucks, but no, I just want to
0: hear like how that went down. I
1: honestly don't mind talking about it because it reminds me to like keep getting after it and not be like a puss you know yeah. like i'm it reminds me to to kind of stay on that grind but basically i go i'll, I'll start the big 10 championships so I'll, I'll go to the big 10 championships i'm the number one kid in the country i'm wrestling a kid from my state boom throw him down pin him first period minute and a half in <laughs> and uh fast forward
0: just a kid from ohio state
1: yeah so fast forward um ncaa finals uh i was number one seed i make the finals the ohio state kid was like the number 11 seed or something gets a bunch of upsets makes the finals and in my mind i've never lost this kid i've beat him like five times and i'm thinking wow like but i will say this i was nervous about the matchup because while i pinned him two weeks before we had had some close matches and he was pretty good he just kind of was he was just young like me and um had kind of dropped a few matches during the season. So that's why he was, was ranked low, but he was really, Oh, and then like a couple guys got injured and so he didn't have to wrestle them and he kind of got an easy way to the finals. And uh, then we end up, um, we just end up in this position. And so I'm like a little nervous, but I'm like kind of trying to make myself confident. Like, Oh, you're, you're, t- you're so much better than this dude. Um, you got better coaches. You work harder. I know you're more, I know I'm more disciplined. I know he's like kind of a, doing, doing other things. He's not as mentally tough as me. And so, I'm telling myself all these things, like kind of making excuses of why I should win. Yeah, Almost like you should win because this. And so that was my mindset going into the match, and I freaking lose. You know, crazy match. uh, I was kind of beating him at the beginning, and I had a situation where I could have pulled away. I was running a knee pick. He was going right to his back, and I was like so confident. Boom, he's going to his back. We hit the ground. And he just bridges, boom, rolls me right through to my back. And it was an insane sequence of events. So, um, then he got six points and now I'm down. I was going to go up probably, I was going to go up 10 to four and now I'm down 10 to four. Mm. And I, that ended the per- second period that way. So I got two minutes to try to make that up and I ended up losing 11 to nine. And I just lost my mind during the match. And, you know, after the match, I'm devastated, crushed. It was the heart, easily the hardest loss that I, that I had in my whole career. And, uh, it was you know just in madison square garden 20 plus thousand people sold out and i just go to the back and i'm just like devastated just crying you know yeah so fr- so upset so mad at myself just like can't deal with it and basically from there i'm just super depressed i'm like don't know what to do what what is the point of my career i can't even achieve my goal now anymore what what's the like what do i i don't even know what to do i'm just every day like battling and demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you get that. Like you said, you, you had that experience in the Super Bowl, but I, I had got the
0: experience all the time. I mean, I know exactly what that feels it's like. It's freaking that the doubt, worst. That it, doubt creeps in, man. Yeah. I'm
1: like, what's the point? You know, I can't, like, what, like, do I just suck now? You know, and is this all waste? And so I get to whatever that would be, June, July, like July ish. And I'm kind of sick of like, being a bitch of <laughs> <was> like being <laughs> a crybaby and like so i just kind of had a day a moment where i just looked i just kind of looked myself in the mirror i was like you're gonna cry about this the rest of your life you know you're gonna be your whole life you just can cry and be depressed or what like what are you gonna do and so to me it was now i need to find a new challenge what can i do to write that wrong and ma- basically make it and and re reassess my goals so i decided yeah here we go Thanks, bro. <laughs> I love reliving this. <laughs> but uh anyways, I um, kind of go back
0: to go back to the
1: yeah, go back to so the so people can so see the throw. It's not good.
0: Because I right? I know I know what it probably looks uh, like.
1: it's right where the big jump is. Right there. Yep. So yeah, I'm up four to three. He shoots. All right, here it is. So he actually, it's really nice on his oh. part. So it's coming. He kind of has this body lock. He actually set this up, but I'm thinking, this is a my, one of my best positions. So I'm thinking, boom, he's going to his back. Oh, mm. God, got me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, and you thought you had him too. I thought I had him. Yeah, and then boom, out of bounds. So now I'm down 9-4. Yeah, and you can uh, tell you're just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I'm just pretty, pretty... uh slow walk to the center he's a big dude yeah he's he was he was big he was strong good athlete you know that's what that's what the problem was a lot of times when i would compete against him was i was a good athlete and i would out athlete people a lot yeah but he was freaking good athlete too so you know i figured out a little later we ended up wrestling 12 ish times maybe 14 times from high school to college and um i figured out like just don't – if I if I pick a different battle, I just dominate them. Yeah. But and I, at that point, I hadn't learned that lesson. I was stubborn. You're still trying to out-athlete. Out-athlete them, yeah. And uh, it was 50-50, right? Like that's why we had close matches at the early point of our career. And um so basically I decided at that point in the summer that what's the toughest challenge for me at this point? And it was go up a weight class to 184 from 174. And that's where it was the toughest weight class in the country. There was 10 or 11 – returning All-Americans, because guys had moved up, moved down, and uh, the number one guy in the country was there, who was uh, the the pound-for-pound pound number one guy, had won 60, 70 matches in a row, he's from Cornell, his name was Cabe Dean, and I was like, all right, well, I might as well take that dude out, so then, boom, reset my goals, and uh, decide that that's what I'm going to do, so moved up, and kind of said it already, you know, ended up winning three national titles after that, but
0: So did you you wrestle this dude?
1: Yeah, so, dude, it's pretty crazy. So I visualized it every day after practice. Um, I knew we were going to be the last match of the NCAA tournament. I just knew because he was a senior, pound-for-pound number one guy, they're going to want to let him go out last. And uh, I was, you know, it was a big matchup. Um, And and the guy that I lost to, he moved up as well. So there was not only him but two returning national champions. Actually, if you look back on it, that weight had – when all was said and done four or five NCAA champions in the weight guys that won it later. Right. And, um, so, um, basically long story short, I have a cake ass year. I'm killing it. Get to the finals and I'm wrestling the, the Cornell guy. And, um, nobody really thinks I can win. Like no, nobody except for me and my coaches and a couple of my teammates, probably some teammates that didn't think it, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we won. (laughs) So we had five guys in the finals that year and I was the last one, um, So we, and we won at 149, 57, 65, and 74. All those guys, four national champions in a row. And then I'm like here to cap it off. And so we get into the match and um, we kind of are are wrestling. Boom, right away he takes me down. And in my mind, all I could think of was, damn, that was a nice shot. It was weird. (laughs) Normally I'd be pissed. I'd be like, oh, but I just remember feeling like, wow, that was okay. Good on you, bro. So get back up and then I get on single leg. Uh, do some like kind of weird maneuvers Get my leg in Boom, takedown And he's like freaking out He's like losing his mind And I look up And it's, and they the coaches kind of challenge it For Cornell And so I go to my corner And my coach case is like Look at his face Like look at his face And he looks And it's just blue It's like he has no oxygen He's like spazzing So at that moment I knew I was going to win So I ride him out The first period Second period I get an escape So I'm up uh, Four to two Third period He gets an escape And no there's a minute left-ish and, uh, he's kind of coming at me, coming at me and I'm scrambling or I'm moving around. I, I have a nice reshot on him. We go out of bounds. Now there's 30 seconds left. And, uh, you know, there, I'm just like, there's, this dude's not beating me. There's no shot. So he gets it on my leg actually. And if you look back on the kind of film, I was, he was kind of close to scoring, but I was so calm, so nervous. I'm just grabbing both his ankles, kind of scrambling. And, uh, I remember just like being very in the moment scrambling. And then I kind of looked up at the clock cause kind of forgot about the time And it was three seconds left, and we're in the middle of the mat, and it's like three, two, one, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Like, (laughs) I just did it! Like, what the hell? That's crazy! I did it!" So I didn't even really celebrate super hard. I just kind of got up, put my hands up, walked over, hugged my coaches, real casual. Um, But I think it was just because I'd visualized it so much. I bet he was pissed. He was. He was. I I think he was. You know. I mean. I'm sure. You know. To go seventy matches unbeaten and then lose your final one, and he was a two-time NCAA champion going for his third. So you know, big, big moment, but it was, it was my day. It was my day. It was just my time to, to make it happen. Yeah. So that was fun. And, uh, wrestling really, my mindset for wrestling changed a lot in, in that because I'm always gonna, gonna love winning. That's always going to be a big, a big motivator for me. I, I, and I hate losing. That's not going to change, but the next day, you know, I felt great that, that day. I went to the casino, won like five grand for, nice. <laughs> for a college kid. What were you it was playing? like Just everything. Blackjack, <laughs> freaking roulette. Yeah. Doing like thousand dollar roulette spins by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> just like having a good time. And, you know, so I I, I had a wore a fanny pack back then. So we go to the airport. We're we're leaving back for PA. And I, I grabbed a couple of my teammates that weren't with me that night. I was like, yo, check this out. Opened it's got like freaking five bands like I'm like yeah and they're like damn you had a good night I'm like yeah for sure and say champ and won some money so that was fun and uh but then you know i, I got back home and a, a day passed two days passed three days passed by the end of the week i was kind of like what's next you know mm-hmm. like like that was cool i'm glad i did it and it, it feels good but it faded you know and uh i realized that that winning and losing you know while they're different in the moment over the long term, they're not that different, you know. They're, they're lessons that I get to learn, and 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 God's putting putting those um, in my life for a reason. And um, I think that I needed that loss uh, at that time so that it would it would motivate me for for other things. And I needed it to grow in my faith and kind of just realize what everything what, like. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because yeah, like I said I love winning. I, it's very like I'm here to win, but. That's not what it's about. That's not the foundation of it. At the end of the day, I, I love what I do. I get to go out and perform in front of thousands and thousands of people and experience that, and uh, just risk it all and, and live a life that not many people get to live. Mm-hmm. And the people that that don't live that life, you know, they're not really meant for that. And and I get to share that moment with them, though. You yeah. know, like I get to do all this hard work and grind, and then go do something that maybe they've never seen before. And it's like we're we're connected in that in some way. And I get to kind of be of service and give that to them.
0: That's a great way to look at it, man. Like a lot of people don't look at it that way.
1: You know, it, it took me a long time to realize that, right? Like, I mean, at six, seven, year, eight years old, I was wrestling 100 matches a year. So, you know, and by the time I was 10, I was wrestling 250 matches a year. So it took a lot of competition and a lot of years to get to the point where I kind of accepted that and realized winning and losing is is not everything. It's an important part of sport, but it's absolutely not the foundation of it. And, dude, after that, man, when I made that realization, my skills, my career accomplishments, just like it was on another level now. And that made it – uh it just made me – allowed me to have a lot more fun with the sport. It just allowed me to be relaxed in myself. Do you and think lose. it took some of the pressure off? Absolutely. You no, know, I think that the pressure – I think that what it did was it changed where the pressure was coming from, because before the pressure was, I better win because I work so hard. What are all these people gonna think of me? What is my coaches or my dad gonna think if I lose like if I lose this match, I suck and everything was a waste, and now I feel the pressure and and you know really from that moment on, I felt the pressure as i just want to win because I want to win it's not it's it's a hundred percent intrinsic, a hundred percent internal, it's my choice to go do this so the only pressure is from me. I don't have any mm. pressure from outside sources. So that that that's really what what changed my mind, and that's why I get to compete. Why I feel like I can compete the way I do now.
0: You know, I had a great coach tell me once. He said, "Uh, you know, pressure is either felt or applied. So you're either gonna feel the pressure or you're gonna apply the pressure." I love that. And pressure breaks pipes. So. <laughs> For sure. Do you want to be the one to b- busting pipes, or you want yeah. to get your pipes busted?
1: I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. That's you're either gonna kind of be almost. It's it's, it's kind of like you almost get to choose. Are you gonna be a victim, or are you gonna like go get it? Like exactly. that's the, that's the yeah. And I absolutely feel that way every time I compete. Now, you know, it's a mindset of let's freaking get this. Let's have some fun. Let's I'm gonna go out there and and. I have no worry about losing, right? Like that's not a, yeah, it maybe some, There's no fear there. There's no fear, exactly. Yeah, the like, fear
0: of losing is what holds most people back, honestly. I say this all the time. I probably said this on every single podcast that we do, but it's the truth, man. Most people don't chase their dreams because they're afraid to fail. Without So a doubt. if you remove that fear of failure and the fear of what people think or what they're gonna think if you do fail, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nothing. When I, when I was in college, I would tell myself, There was a couple of things that, you know, kind of mental exercises where, you know, sometimes I get a little worked up and now how am I going to respond to that mentally? So I would say, all right, why am I worried about something in the future that I don't even have? Like, I'm worried about losing something I don't have. That doesn't make sense. Like, I'm worried about, if I get worried about losing the national title that's happening in a month or a day or an hour, okay, I'm worried about Something that hasn't even happened yet. So what? What does that? What, what sense does that yeah, make? You're making I'm up a fake scenario. Yeah, I'm making up a fake scenario. So I like it. Doesn't it? Okay, if I lose, I'm in the same position. Okay, I'm not a national. Mm-hmm. I'm not a national champion now. If I lose, I'm not a national champion anyway. So let's just go freaking send it. Just go have fun, and and that doesn't mean it. Just means go perform the way you know how to and the best of your abilities. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't care. It just means that
0: go apply your training. Apply it. Yeah, apply. Just it Again, apply it, your
1: Pressure is either felt or applied. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, but it's that, fun, man. That's what, part of what makes sports so fun is the, the mental the mental, and the mm-hmm. lessons. And, and it applies in everything. It applies in hunting. It applies in business. It applies in relationships. And, and that's what I'm starting to realize as I get older. Before, it was just sports. This is it for me. But now you get older and you're interested in different things, different opportunities come, different people in your life. And that those same solid principles are translated over everything.
0: And that's the, and the uh, hunting especially, because yeah. you fail a lot more than you succeed in hunting. Like, that's why they call it hunting and not killing. Yeah. Because you're going to fail. Like, you know, there's so many, especially bow hunting. So many things have to go right for you to be within 40 to, you know, 20 to 60 yards of that animal. Because to me, I feel like a ethical shot at past, past 60 is a reach, you know? Like, I'll do it, but... Right. You know, I'd rather I'd rather be 40 to want 50 fifty. <laughs> I'd rather be within fifty yards. Like For sure, that's, that's my comfort zone. You know, so to me, it's like all these things have to go right. I could do everything right, and the wind could switch. You know, there's so For many sure. things. But but what is that going to discourage me and make me pack it up and like, oh well? I see. I told you it wasn't going to work. That's mm-hmm. about keeping a, men- a good, solid, positive mental attitude while you're doing it, and then it'll work out eventually if you just keep after it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I used to uh, have this thing where. I would go fish, um, very rarely, because I was always wrestling, always traveling, yeah. that type of thing, and so. But I liked fishing, and so I had this this kind of agreement that I made with myself in my mindset that I was unlucky. Like I'd go fish and I wouldn't catch a fish. Like oh, that's just kind of the way it go. And I would fish like once a year, and then I realized I was like, I'm not unlucky. I just don't fish that much. Exactly. <laughs> so how can I expect to catch a freaking monster if I'm fishing once a year. Like that's not really reality. It's just time, time in, right? If you put the time in, then okay, people are going to see it as ah, you got lucky. But it's really just you're putting yourself in that position to have success.
0: Yeah, it's like in a wrestling match. If you, if you're like, oh man, I just didn't get enough takedowns. Well, you only shot one time. Yeah. What do you expect? Well, What do you expect? You, <laughs> you know? go zero for one, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's like you got to keep shooting, man. Yeah. Like you, shooters got to shoot. You know, it's for the same sure. thing with with bow hunting. If I don't ever send an arrow, yeah. You know, how do I expect to kill anything?
1: Yeah, what's what's it like for you in that in that moment? Because I kind of have my own like way it goes, but right like that moment of you put you do so much work to put yourself in a position to make a good shot, and then it happens all in one second, and it's like. Like what is that like for you? Because I'm just I'm new into hunting, so you know for me I'm just interested in people's mindset. So
0: I always tell people I'm like, so I've have t- sacked Tom Brady in the AFC Championship games, Super Bowl sacks, um, you know, playoff sacks, big games where eighty thousand like the the fans in Denver used to howl for me when I'd make it. I could make a <laughs> tackle thirty yards downfield, and they'd all you know as soon as my oh, name got you know, they'd all howl. Yeah, but you know, AFC Championship game was like there was this – I'm sorry, it was an overtime game in um, December in the snow here in, in Denver. And I, and I took the offense – I took two offensive linemen and put them both on their back and grabbed Tom Brady and sacked him. <laughs> and then I stood up over him and howled. And like that feeling, you know what I mean? But in that moment, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. Right. Like I'm just doing my – I'm doing my job at the best of my ability. And there is no like – there is no like thinking – I'm not thinking it's the same way when I'm hunting, like everything I'm not even thinking on that when I'm, I'm it's so I practice so much like making that shot. When every time I release an arrow, I think about yeah being in that moment. It's the same way when, when you, when you like spite and far or, or <laughs> sorry, spite and far fight and spar, you're thinking about like those, those interactions in an actual fight. Right. So it's and same with wrestling. When you're drilling, you're drilling that double leg, just like it was, you know, in a match, like you're drilling it the same way every time over and over that way. when it happens in the match, it's like, Oh, I've done this a thousand times. It's the same way with hunting. You can't like allow the outside noises to come in and make, you know, and for me, it's like a bugling elk, right? That elk is screaming his head off and I'm so jacked up, but I'm not going to let it get to me. Mm. Right. It's the same way. Like third and eight I got my hand down in a stance. The crowd is going crazy. It's vibrating. The, lo- the noise is so loud that it's vibrating. Because you got to think 80,000 people directed right at you. <laughs> like, it is, like, vibrating. You can't even hear anything. You're just staring at a football, and there's a guy in front of you, and you can see everybody's breath. <laughs> and everything just slows down. Yeah. Right? So it's all <sighs> slowed down for me. And it's like, that's the same way with hunting. I can almost see my arrow. Just, like, I, I, I release it, and I see it hit them. And it doesn't hit me to like, I until I, the animal runs away and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like then I, you know, I, I start shaking <laughs> yeah, like, and shit. and I'm like, "Oh shit, dude, yes." Or like with whitetail, it's worse though hmm. because you sit in a tree stand all day hoping that something walks by that's decent enough to shoot. Yeah, and then when it finally does, your heart is like out of your chest. With white whitetail's so weird because you're like yep. in a tree sitting there. Yeah, with elk, it happens really fast. Mm-hmm. But with whitetail, it might you might watch that deer for an hour before he gets there to, just moving so yeah. slow. And you're like, please, 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 <laughs> please. And you're like holding your breath basically. Cause you're, you know, yeah. you don't even want to blink. And then when it finally happens, it's like shooting a white tail out of a tree stand, dude. Like you my legs go weak. And <laughs> I'm like, but in the moment, dude, it all slows down for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because I was competing at such a high level and it'll be, it's the same way for you. Yeah. Like when you go to draw back, it's going to be just like, it's the same. You're not thinking about like, what if I miss or what if I fail or what if I do this or what if that happens? Like every time I pull my bow back, I don't release that arrow unless I think I can kill that animal. Like I'm never going to be like, well, I hope I hit it. Like I'm confident in my shot every time. So it's like, there's no doubt, you know? So when I hit it, I'm not even questioning whether or not I'm going to kill that animal. Like I know, which if you bow hunt, you know you've made a bad shot before and sometimes it happens. But for the most part, I'm I'm pulling that bow back and I'm not releasing until I feel like, yeah, and I've I've pulled back and been like, I wasn't feeling it. I just mm. I don't like. I that didn't probably like, takes a lot of. Uh, it takes a lot of control to do yeah. it. And I did it. I've done it a couple times because I just was like, I don't like. I don't. There's things in the way. Yeah. Or there's the wind is blowing too much, and it's he's like seventy yards, and the wind's blowing, and I just don't still want to gut shot him, or, you know, because that's the other thing you want to give that animal like, you know, I, as a hunter you have a you have a um, your morals have to be at this certain point where you're like. Hey, do I just want to get an arrow in this animal, or do I want to actually like give him a, a decent death? Right, you know, which is going to be better than any death they're going to receive in the nature, anyways. You know, because they're going to get eaten asshole first, right? Or some, you know, coyotes or, get it or, a for, or starve a mountain lion, or they're going to starve in yeah. the winter and like, you know. But I do. I've I've I last year elk hunting like a really nice six by came by, but he was just the way he was quartering, and he was being real spooky. And I was like, as soon as I snapped the snap of it, he was like sixty-five yards, I think. I don't know. It was like, but I was like, as soon as I had let this arrow go, dude, he's gonna turn more, and I'm gonna like
1: hit him in the butt. I'm
0: gonna like brisket <laughs> shot him or yeah. like hit him in the butt or, you know, maybe I'll hit him in the back of the head or like you never know. Yeah. You know, it's like I just and the wind was blowing. It was weird. Um, I just was like, you know what, dude, I just let it down and let him go. Wow, because I just didn't feel which it's like you're hiking your ass off. We hiked like fifteen miles that day, so it was like at the end of the day too. And it's like, you know what, like I haven't, there's another day, there's still tomorrow, you know? Mm, yeah. And um, another time I had a, I had a herd bull that I was after for two days straight. Um, I had him at 106 yards and he, w- I couldn't get any closer than that. And I went to full draw and put my pin at the top of his back. And I was just like,
1: <sighs> I just wasn't to. feeling it, man. You like I wasn't to, feeling but, yeah. it. Like
0: I just didn't feel confident enough in that shot that it was going to be a good, you know, it was a good, it was a good choice for that bull. So it, it happens, but dude, when I do release it, like I know mm-hmm. that I know he's gonna die. Like right. I know it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it 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 is that it comes back to that like fear of failure, right? Like right. I'm never gonna put myself in a position where I'm like I might fail. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think I'm gonna succeed every time. I might it, it might not work out the way I it, want it to, but I never go into it thinking I'm gonna fuck out, I'm gonna fuck this up. You right. Know? You know,
1: <laughs> I think you go into it intelligently knowing there's that's a possibility, but it's like, you do everything you can to mitigate it. So to me, it's like, when I go into a fight, there's not, I know what I'm getting into, I know it's dangerous, and I know there's a lot of crazy things that can happen, but I know I've prepared myself completely, and I'm, I'm 100% ready to do everything I need to do to win. Like, yeah, exactly like what we are saying. And, and I liked what you said about how everything slows down when you're making the shot, it's the exact same thing, you know, for me when I'm hunting, but also when I'm fighting, it's mm-hmm. really crazy, bro. It's, it's such a weird feeling and, and you obviously get this, but most people don't. It's, so I'll, I'll just give my last fight for an example. So when I, um, I had a, a kind of situation where we, I was just feeling him out at the beginning and then I threw a feint and he just dropped his hand down. And immediately then I knew I'm like, all right, I'm coming over top of the hook. I'm going to crack this dude. And so I do the same exact feint and his hand starts coming down and then boom, right over the top, right on the chin. And so I knew that was going to happen before it happened. And then in that moment, everything went so slow and I had to decide what I was going to do. It was, you know, kind of reading him, seeing how hurt he was, you know, seeing, all right, did I really crack him? Is he wobbling? Um, Or is he really ready to like counter me? So I have to decide if I'm going to attack or back off. From there now, I, I decided that, you know, he's wobbled. Like, we're getting after it. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to decide, all right, am I going to throw a straight left? Am I going to throw another hook? Am I going to throw an uppercut? Am I going to throw a kick? Am I going to throw a knee? And I, I heavily considered throwing a flying knee, which would have been insane. It would have been cool. But, <laughs> and, but, but it, I reverted back to, like, my bread and butter. So the thing I practiced more than anything, straight left hand, straight left hand, straight left hand. And so came in, boom, straight left hand, and uh, – but, but that moment between hitting him the first time and deciding I was going to throw a straight left hand, to me, seemed like 10 seconds. And, and it it's was like, like, like it's a quarter of a second. That. It's like in, out, in. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And uh, so you look at the whole sequence, and to me it felt like forever. Everything was moving slow. And you know, in reality, the whole thing from the first time I hit him to when I finished him off was like seven seconds. And it's so it's so interesting that I get to live that moment in a, in a slow-mo and then it's over, and then you're done. And uh, like I trained so much for that, and it's it's just such a fun thing. But then it, it goes so fast.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was um, it was the same way with, with a, a football. So like a quarterback is releasing that football three seconds. Yeah. It's one, two, three, gone. So I'm getting to him and taking him down in three seconds. Yeah. But it feels like it took – I mean, it feels like it took like 30 seconds for this all to happen because it was like I grabbed his hands, like – did this i did that and then i you know i ripped up and i like kept the corner and then i grabbed him yeah. and took him down and then it's like and, when you're you, and then you're like man that kind of felt slow <laughs> and then you go watch it on film and it's like swoom. yeah and i was like how, dude i don't even know how i moved that fast right you know
1: so i did an interview um right after the fight uh with the ufc or whoever it was i don't remember but they were like okay can you watch this and, and watch your film and uh we'll video it you know and this was i don't know 30 minutes after i fought and uh I hadn't, this is the first time I saw it. And so I watch it and I'm looking on the phone and all I thought was, holy shit, I'm super fast. <laughs> that's so crazy. I didn't even know. Like it just didn't seem like that to me. Yeah. But then you watch it back and everything's happening so quick. But I guess that's what's really cool nowadays about everything's on video. You know, everything's yeah. there and you can go rewatch it and see that stuff. And I'm not a big like I'll rewatch my fights a couple times and, you know, sometimes here and there it'll get brought up and we'll watch it again. But It's so cool that we have access to that. I know some of my coaches and guys that are not that much older than me. They don't have any of their stuff. You know, they don't get to see anything. So, you
0: know, it's the same way. It's it's the same reason I started filming my hunts because,
1: Mm.
0: to me, I was like, man, that that felt like it happened so slow. But then you go watch it, like, dude, it was, (laughs) like that from the time that that bull elk over there, my first bull, Mm -hmm. when he came in. It felt like I was standing there for five minutes. Like it's thirty six seconds. Wow! But I felt like it took five minutes for him to get there because it I because it's it's called the flow state. Flow state, yeah. And it and it's if some people can do it and some people can't. It's it's like a it's like a gift. You know, I feel like it's a it's a very special gift that I was given. I was able I've been able to do this since I was a kid, where I can slow it all down. And I don't know if it's from like the trauma that I went through as a kid because I had a very traumatic household where I, where a lot of chaotic shit was going on all the time. It's like all this shit would go down and I could just like kind of slow it all down and like just remove myself from, you know what I mean? Like I could like disassociate, it It was like, I don't know if it's like a disassociation thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't even like realize it's happening or I like remove myself from the situation somehow mentally. But in that moment, dude, I was like, man, I feel like I'm standing here forever. I was like, man, hurry up. Like, get up here. Then they go watch it, dude. And I'll show you it after this. Yeah. It's 30, like 32 seconds. Wow. From the time he comes up, from the time I could see him to the time he gets in front of me at 40 yards, it's 32 seconds. And it felt like five minutes, dude. I'm telling you, I was like, man, he's taking forever.
1: You know, in the moment, it seems like it's taking forever. But don't you want, like, after you are done with it and it's over, don't you just want to do that again? Like, I want to live my life. In that state, as I know, it's not realistic to do it all the time, but as much as possible. Oh, staying
0: in that flow state is like the best. It is the best feeling, man. It's, the and, best. it's and I, you know, we did a workout today. I had to get into that. I'm sure you had to put yourself in that in there too, because we grinded in that yeah. workout. Like, you know, when you're you're on a, like when you're doing these long, like you know, you're you're getting like 10 seconds of rest, and you got to run another 200 meters. It's like. It's like, dude, I'm I'm just like rolling now. I'm an autopilot. Like yeah. I'm just rolling. Like, Can't think about I, it. And it's and then when you're done, it's like this endorphin drop, right? And you're like, man, that felt good. Yeah. You know, because you are in that. Fl- here it is, right here. Oh, let's go. The whole the whole thing is. 12 this is minutes, the bowl that's right, right, right next to us. End, yeah. So this is when I first see him.
1: What unit were you in? Thirty four. Gotcha. I'm hunting thirteen later this year, or
0: later this month. He starts screaming, dude. But I'm like, hurry up. What is he taking so long for? Boom. Perfect shot. Smoked. Yeah. He ran 80 yards and laid down and died. But you see how fast it happened? Like, boom, over. That was fast.
1: <laughs> Your face.
0: That's great, bro. Oh, that's so cool. That's freaking awesome, man.
1: Dude, I want to do that. I'm sure you feel the same, but as many times as I can. Exactly. I want to do that as much as I can over my life. Yeah. You know? Like, we only get however many years, 80 years to live, but do that. Like, if you're lucky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You know? Like, but as many times as as possible.
0: And that's living, man. You're You're just living. So what, so, all right, so you so you go and you beat this kid your sophomore year, mm-hmm. win a national title. Yeah. Was the ju- junior year just like... So it gets crazy.
1: So... What happened then? Um, I win my sophomore year. My junior year, basically, the whole story kind of shifted from, in my mind at least, like me and trying to win a national title to now, all right, we have the team, and, and I want our team to just dominate. I want to kill it. And... Uh, what happened was in the offseason, Ohio State got a couple um transfers that were like top guys. So they came in. We had won the two national titles previous. They came in as the number one ranked team in the country, which what does that really mean? Like like some publications ranking them yeah. just to try to build hype. But they were the number one team, and uh I was like – no, dude, what, y'all y'all uh, ain't, that's us, like, that's not y'all, that's us, and so, you know, for me, it was very, very personal, even more than myself, like, the team thing, and, um, yeah, so they were just stacked up, that, at their heavyweight, they had Kyle Snyder, who at, was an Olympic gold medalist, multiple-time world champion, but still wrestling in college, you know, one of, I mean, even now, he's still, he was one of the greatest rest, American wrestlers of all time, and he's still got five, eight, ten years to compete, so, you know, he was heavyweight, they had the kid that i wrestled who was national champ multiple time all american bo jordan who was uh multiple time all american like i don't even know who else but a bunch of like national finalist type guys they were top to bottom just stacked their 125 was national champion and we had a good team but we had some holes like uh our 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 lower weights were guys that probably weren't going to aa they were like good but not like point scores at the nationals type guys but then up top we were just so stacked. We just had, you know, really really good team. So basically, this whole year is kind of building around this team race between us and Ohio State. And uh, we get to I think it's it's February and they uh, we're dueling them at Rec Hall home match, sold out. It's insane. So Rec Hall seats like sixty five hundred. There was like eight thousand people there. Yeah. So literally the rafters were just stacked with basically 1500 extra people and it's a, it's a small venue so everybody's right on top of yeah. you it's crazy bro and uh, so we we uh basically what we do as a team before the duel you go out and then each weight they walk to the center and shake hands 25 33 yep. through heavyweight and so we all like like uh huddle up and we're grabbing each other and we're like holding each other and then we send our guy out and then he comes back to the huddle and they uh so the whole crowd's white and blue just freaking everywhere and uh they're standing one by one in a line like with these bright red robes on and uh <laughs> I just remember thinking I was like we have to kill these guys like yeah. these guys are so douchey you know <laughs> standing because we're loose we're like joking around jacking and they're like standing with hoods, red robes and I'm and just in the sea of blue and white and uh I'm like let's freaking crack these guys' skulls you know and so it's an insane duel. Basically, we get to the first match. I'm 184 at the time, so I'm like the eighth eighth match. So the first match comes in. We have a kid who's never wrestled varsity match for us, and he's wrestling national champion, multiple time all American, and uh, comes out takes the kid down right away. The place went berserk. <laughs> it, there might as well have been 80,000 people there because, yeah. oh, screaming. We had, oh, and the, the big part of that duel too was we had a 157 pounder who was you know, one of my best friends my year. He was a national champ the year prior. The week before, completely towards PCL and MCL. So he's in crutches and he's like our top point scorer. And that weight was one, probably our biggest lock of the whole duel. You know, because th- their guy was good, but our guy was going to kill him. And yeah. then we had to put a backup in who now is going to get killed. So that's like a – it could be a 12-point swing. It could. It's probably like a 10-point swing. But back to 125, our dude takes him down, and, he, and we're freaking out. We're going nuts. We're losing our mind. The kid just – he gets up right away, and then the kid kind of gets a little aggressive, and our dude freaking headlocks him out of bounds. And if it would have been the middle mat, he would have just stuck him. He would have pinned him. It was done. Yeah. But out of bounds, the kid kicks the scorer's table – and just totally shatters it, and uh then we um we uh and he gets a takedown, so he's up, and everybody 's just losing their mind our kid our butt, my buddy that's on crutches from torn PCL ACL or Pcl MCL he's like taking his crutches and just like slamming them on the ground, like freaking out, and we're grabbing each other and this is the first match, yeah, <laughs> this is like twenty or forty five seconds into the first match, and we're just losing it, and my coach comes up and grabs me, and he's like, go to the locker room and chill the f out like you need to relax because i'm gonna lose my mind and so basically the whole duel at after that point after 125 was over i watched on tv (laughs) because i was like having to relax and i was like okay i know i want to be hype out there i don't want to go crazy but i gotta win and i'm wrestling the dude that beat me in the nca finals like he's good and so uh i come back out for the match and basically they killed us the first few weights and we were down big and then we started coming back because we had better upper weights, and at, at the point where I was going out, it was uh, we were down a little bit, and so um, yeah, you can look up uh, Penn State Ohio State. It would have been twenty. Um, this so, so this is the NCAA championship. So look up uh Penn State Ohio State duel from twenty eighteen. It would have been that same year, but um, that's that's the later part of the story, which it gets even better. So. Um, I go up, and uh, right away we get into like kind of a crazy scramble. And then um, you're not even going to actually want to watch uh, my match. You're going to want to watch the later matches because it doesn't end with me. But we basically get into this crazy scramble, and I end up on top somehow. Get a takedown, and we run right into the same spot that the scoreboard the scoreboard broke open or the scores table. And uh, but but I get the takedown, and then I knew I was like, this dude's done. Like he mentally was was kind of breaking, and so take him down again the second period and then what kind of um got big was towards the end of the match i'm I'm dominating yeah yeah this is the duel and so uh toward, this is my best friend right here is his best man in my wedding anthony cassar which is a big part of the story but um he was not 197 so one weight after me but uh basically <laughs> there's me in the gray oh it is packed in there it's stacked up bro so this is this was a big match but so i win my match there's like two seconds left and i uh um turned him over to his back, I was up eight to two and I got two near fall with like w- literally no time left made it ten to two and so I won by eight, which is major decision so that's uh that's bonus points, yeah, so I got bonus points in this match, which gave us an extra point, so instead of taking three for the team score, I got four, which was really big so um yeah, so right here this is like I think probably second period mm. So I tried to, but he's a good freaking athlete, man. I don't know how he stayed up. And then boom, take him right back down again. Nice. No, this is third period. This is the start of the third period. So yeah, we're scrambling. And uh then I just ride him out. Um yeah, so I'm up seven to two, but I have riding time, so I have another point for riding time. And uh, dude, the place is going nuts. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, but he's quit. Like I'm Yeah, I'm, you can see it in his eyes. He's just he's just laying there. In this mind in this moment, I was thinking, what would Zane Rutherford do? He was like the best guy on our team on top, and this was his signature move. And He would always get guys in the oh, so just took like, boom, his soul right on his back. It, he took his up, soul, got him, yeah. And uh, yeah, so then now it's like, and that yeah, gave so you guys now, the lead. Now we got the lead, so we were down 15-12, go up 16-15, so now we have. This is my best friend. Like I was saying, Anthony Kassar. He's wrestling the number one kid in the country, and Anthony at this point was was a he was our second string guy. Oh, our okay. first string guy got hurt, um, and this kid's undefeated. Like I said, number one guy in the country, and uh, we have to win this match because in the next match is Kyle Snyder, world champion, Olympic gold medalist, against our guy who is who's good but not not a Kyle Snyder, and uh, Anthony has. I think this might have been this was like one of his first varsity matches. He he uh hasn't wrestled a lot. But you'll you'll see he uh this is actually a perfect video of the highlights. So Anthony's just a freaking tank, bro. Oh, that was a nice take. take. Yeah, he's the strongest guy like in the world. He's so strong. Uh so yeah, he's up two one. That kid's shocked. You can't believe it because like, in his mind he's gonna dominate this dude. He's the number one kid in the country. Um, two time all American, or maybe yeah, up to this point, and uh, hasn't, like, really had a close match all year. So now it's 2-2. But it's – it's uh so Anthony goes down in the third period, and then there, he's, like, he's got to let him go because of he – He's got to score. He's got to score. Yeah. He's got to take him down. And so we're winning. But, uh, yeah, it gets intense here.
0: <laughs> Ooh, oh, he almost got he it. He almost had it.
1: He's so close. Dude, I'm locked in right now. <laughs> yeah, bro, this is so fun. We'll get you out to the duel, bro. It's so fun. So this guy's getting a little desperate. Yeah, that was a desperation shot. Yeah, he's oh, oh oh he's a little gassed out, so he doesn't have the energy. But then boom, got him five to two. There's maybe thirty forty five seconds left at this point. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> you know he's so pissed.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, and they're, I mean more so their coach is losing their mind. His mind, I'm sure he has no idea because they he thought they were all talking trash too. So uh, before before they play the next match, I got to – uh, yeah like like put it right put it put put it towards the end and then uh, pause it real quick. yeah so pause it real quick. So basically this is Kyle so Kyle is like one of my best friends. he actually lives in state college now but and we grew up to like in high school uh, together hanging out training and uh
0: he's out of Texas too
1: no, he's from Maryland, but okay. just wrestling small community and stuff. so Kyle was like talking mad shit the whole time. he's saying stuff like, there's no team on earth I would rather beat than Penn State and, you know, posting, uh, like, Tombstone stuff, I'm coming and hell's coming with me, like, saying they're gonna dominate us, like, in the media, talking trash, and our team's not, we don't roll like that, we, we're we very to ourselves, we don't say anything crazy, we're just, you know, let's go, let's settle it out out there on the, on the mat, and uh, so, you know, this is big for Kyle, and Kyle has, uh, basically, to win the duel, he has to get a tech fall, he has to be in by 15, and so, um, which he has, he's tech fall our guy before. So we're up, um, I think yeah, twenty nineteen to fifteen right now, and uh, yeah. So if Kyle tech falls our guy, like we're gonna lose, which very well could. And uh, basically, yeah, you can hit play now, and we'll see, see what happens.
0: <laughs> now I'm, I I gotta see what happens here. <laughs>
1: yeah. So everybody's on their feet the entire time. So Kyle's kind of drag. So Kyle's kind of racking up some takedowns at this point. He's kind of racking them up, and uh, our guy's getting tired, but. Kyle's getting a little tired, too, and everybody's screaming. Everybody's going nuts the whole time. Like, it's so loud in there. And uh, this is, I think, third period. So everybody's on their feet, and uh, he's trying to take him down. And look at this right here. Big sprawl shut him down. And look at everybody in the back. Now they know we won. They know we won. We're freaking out. And uh, so Nick got beat by, like, seven points or something it but doesn't matter it doesn't matter did enough look at look, this girl's crying <laughs> she's in tears and so we win the duel 19 to 18 and we were missing like one of our best guys so everybody's this was literally the duel so he gets his hand raised but they really lose the battle and so this was a lot of people say the the duel of the century so yeah. there's never been a college wrestling duel that's been like this it was absolutely ridiculous and so that kind of sets the stage for you now ncaa tournament right so we go through the big tens kind of formality and now NCA tournaments coming around our 157, who tore his knee is coming back. He's wrestling on one leg. Absolute, just savage towards yeah. PCL and MCL hundred percent and is competing at the NCA wrestling tournament four weeks later, maybe. Animal. Yeah. He's a dog. And so, um, basically I'm freaking out this whole tournament, like running around, trying to watch our guys and stuff and watching their guys. And like, you know, they're, they're beating us like the whole tournament. They're winning, they're winning, they're winning. Um, we make it to the finals. So we have, uh, let me think, 49, 57, 65, 74, 84 in the finals. We have five in the finals again. We have to win. We have to win three of these and not, And I have to win. So if I lose, we lose the whole team title or the, the the championship and we have to have two other guys win. So we're we're down pretty big. So 49, boom, we win. 57, boom, we win. Oh, he wins. Yeah, he won the freaking NCAs with a torn PCL. Jason nolf dude, he's he's a dog. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> like I'm saying, like there's no, there's one of the most savage competitors of all time, like mm-hmm. without a doubt. And so now we get to 65, and if we win 65 and 74, then it kind of locks it up. Um, and I and I could lose technically, and we could still win, but our freaking our 65 pounder gets upset, crazy upset. He's the number one kid, two time national champion, loses. And then our 74 super tight match against a kid he'd beat earlier that season, but he loses. So now we're at the stage set. I have to win. If I win, we uh it's locked up. If I lose, then Kyle has uh Snyder, who's in the finals, he wins and, and they win the team title. So basically it's all riding on me. And you know, before the match, I'm super freaking worked up. Like normally I'm pretty juiced, pretty relaxed. And this one I'm like <laughs> yeah. Shit, like this is a lot. I got an entire alumni base, everybody, and it's in, oh, by the way, it's in Cleveland. So it's in the middle of Ohio. Like there's 25,000 people there and 17,000 are Ohio State fans, yeah. you know? So, and then 8,000 are Penn State fans. <laughs> so, like, that's what it is right there. It's insane. And, uh, so basically, I'm, I'm freaking, uh, I don't know if you can, if you can show the match. It was the one you pulled up originally. It's, yep. you, you'll you'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, fast forwarded it to like a minute thirty le- uh, in the first period, but um, he came out freaking hot, and I was not uh, fa- no, no, fast forward a little, like like right there, that's good. Uh, not a little more, sorry. But um, oh, we gotta watch an ad. So wh- yeah, one <laughs> thing that was really big for me is you know before this match, um, oh, I think it it changed, it went to a different video, but um so so one thing to kind of like set the hell's the, going on yeah, you <laughs> one thing to set the stage a little more i uh i basically was nervous as crap back in in the back and um like just sitting on a chair kind of tapping my foot and our coach coach uh kale sanderson he's you know undefeated uh, four-time ncaa champion olympic gold medalist so my mind yeah my mind the yeah right uh coming up so in my mind the greatest ncaa wrestler of all time he comes up to me and he goes, uh, hey, I just want to let you know, if I had to pick anybody to come out here and wrestle this match, I'd pick you. And I was like, well, shit, I better win then. Let's yeah. go. And that fired me up. So now I'm thinking, let's get it. And uh, and he's coming out. He's game. He's like feeling really good. He's ready to go. So, boom, he shoots this double leg. I kind of drop down. <laughs> oh, he's got me on my back. Oh, no, you don't. See you later, bud. And then. Oh, do you pen him? And that's all she wrote. I knew it was done as soon as I. I had him there. Oh. Boom. Pin him. You pinned him. All-time celebration right here. Run over to the coaches. Pick first coach up. Coach Kale lifts me up. Titanic style. <laughs> and I'm just freaking out. Like, don't know what to do with myself. Pinned him. Pinned him. There's my parents. They're going nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just hyping the crowd up. NCAA titles won. Coach Kale does not celebrate ever. Headgear spike. Lost a team point, but it didn't matter. Get <laughs> the hand raised, And then, uh, so... Turn the volume up here because I give an all time interview. And and I didn't even know a story about this interview, real quick, is I didn't even know what I said. Somebody told me the next day, Coach Kale, loved your interview. It was so amazing. And I was like, what the hell did I say? No idea. So don't even remember to take my ankle bands off. So yeah, check this out. (laughs) This is in the middle of Cleveland. (laughs) I've been doing that move since I was six. No other need to freak out or anything. I knew he was going to his back. Yes, that was our ninth match. Before the match, what's going on in your head? Let's get this. This is what I live for. All right? I train every day so I can come out here and be an NCAA champion. We're doing team titles at Penn State. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, so that was the main part of it. boom. So, that's badass, so fired up. That's yeah. so sick. Honestly, for my, my whole career, like all t- one of all time moments, um, up to this point. So yeah, it was just like such a cool experience because losing to him, the same guy in the NCAA finals, my freshman year, kind of going to my junior year, writing that wrong in my mind, I'm like,
0: yeah, you pinned him for the team, for the I'm team like, dub,
1: you know? So that's one thing where I look back and I'm like a little, okay. I'm not okay with the loss, but I would have rather lost and won that match than you know and won the team title than let's say if I even won all four and we lost the team title you yeah. know because to me that was it like like I did that for the team I wasn't even happy like yeah I was excited that I won but I was excited that the team won you know because that, that that was more than I could ever even ask for yeah yeah so it was that's fun. pretty badass man. yeah
0: <laughs> good on you dude that's so sick.
1: It was crazy, dude. It was crazy.
0: So, you win your junior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, then as a team. So, you've got three team titles
1: now. Three team right? titles. Yeah. We're dominating. Um, go into uh, the senior year. Now, it's kind of like in my mind. So, one thing that happened is Anthony, my buddy, um, he didn't get a wrestle the to NCAA tournament. Because, um, like I said, he was uh, the backup. He lost to wrestle off. And so, we had a different guy wrestle. And this dude's my best friend. He's gone through up to this point three labrum surgeries. Nobody believes in him except for really me. And, you know, his family and him, especially him. And he decides I'm bumping up to heavyweight over the summer. I'm like, bro, if you're bumping up to heavy, I'm going to ninety seven. Let's get after it. Let's lift some weights. Let's freaking eat five thousand calories a day and get huge. And so that's what we did the whole summer, train, eat, lift. That's all we did. And it was super fun, but we just did it all together. We're getting after it, lifting as much as we could. And I got up to I was weighing probably one eighty nine, one ninety. I got up to about 200, 202 and he went from cutting down to 197 to weighing 245 pounds solid yeah and just absolute animal and uh so you know in in my mind that year it was I'm gonna go dominate I'm gonna go kill it and I want to win the Hodge trophy which is the Heisman for college wrestling and I want to like be there for him to like help him get what he deserves so he he had to beat another guy on our team who's also one of my best friends who was like a two-time all American for us coming back to heavyweight and so they had a crazy you know situation with the wrs off but Anthony beat him and then uh you know I, I'm sure you know uh Gable Stevenson yeah but Gable Stevenson was at the weight at the time you know so I'm like obviously nervous like Tony's got to beat cable and stuff and so I, I'm kind of just cleaning up the whole year pinning everybody we get to the big tens big 10 finals boom Tony freaking 20 seconds left is down by one. Gets a takedown, wins. I'm like, let's freaking go! Now we gotta get to the NCAs. Let's run it back. And uh, so, it. I'm, I'm thinking about myself a little bit. Obviously, I want to perform and whatnot. But I'm just mopping everybody up, and and I'm up a weight, so I'm not like cutting that much weight. I'm just having a good good old time. And uh, so, NCAs. I'm I, I think pinned. I went pin pin major decision pin to the finals, and uh, Anthony's got Gable in the semis, and so. I'm in the back because I just wrestled. He was one after me, and they're making me do interviews. And so I'm watching on TV, and I'm, like, losing my mind. It's this crazy back-and-forth match. And honestly, I didn't get to see a lot of it because I would just, like, make sure that I was like, all right, stop. I got to watch this part. And so, you know, Gable was super jazzed because he had lost to him two weeks earlier. So he comes out like a bull just pushing him around, pushing him around against Anthony for stalling. Gets him for stalling again, loses a point. Um, And and so Tony's down, and uh, third period comes – and it's starting to switch a little bit. Gable came out real hot. And uh, they get into a kind of situation. Gable doesn't have a ton of energy, but he he takes a little bit of a bad shot. Boom. Tony runs around, takes him down, and then freaking holds him down, gets riding time. He's up by two. And then, you know, with 20, 30 seconds left, Gable gets an escape. But he just doesn't have the juice. Like, he doesn't have that seven-minute cardio that you need yeah. to to really make it happen. You know, like, that's kind of what separates a lot of really good wrestlers from great wrestlers is – That last, like, can you do it for seven minutes? Can you be locked in? And not only can you be locked in for seven minutes, but can you be locked in for seven minutes over 30 matches in a season? Mm -hmm. So that's like where Anthony just excels. He's so disciplined, does everything right. Like I said, I'd gone through three labrum surgeries, recoveries, never had a shot, finally gets his shot, you know, beats Cable Stevenson, the guy who everybody's like, this dude's a freak, phenom. And Anthony was, you know, nobody knew him. He never wrestled an NCAA tournament and uh, then makes the finals. And now they have it set up. It's super crazy the way they set it up. So they started at heavyweight for the finals because I was 197. So they let me cap it off. And he's wrestling this dude, Derek White, from Oklahoma State, who had actually beat him before. And uh, it really came down to, like, one or two situations the whole match. But Tony had a really good shot. Boom, planted the dude on his back and uh, got six points and then ended up winning, like, 11 to 1. So wow! after all of that, you know, five years of freaking – basically four and a half like four years of just surgeries and recoveries makes the freaking nca finals wins the tournament and I was just so happy for him I just was
0: like like
1: that was that was it for me you know, that's like,
0: a, like, that's an awesome story man like that's incredible it should be a movie really that, yeah <laughs> like, that sounds like a, a book yeah like, he should have a book or he should a, like a short story <laughs> yeah, on that.
1: so now um now he's with me fighting so he has uh his second pro fight October 22nd so is he fighting heavyweight Two oh five. So he's like a, he he, he kind of he had a, he it, unfortunately he had another uh, labrum tear and then he had to get surgery again and that surgery kind of sucked so he had to like take a year and then do it again and then COVID hit and so it's just a bunch of crap but it was good for him to go heavyweight for the NCA for wrestling but then it was just too much competing against two hundred eighty five pound guys coming down from three hundred he's basically naturally 225 yeah and so just wears on your body and uh you know i'm sure you know what that's like going against the freaking 350 pound line yeah you know what that's like so for him now he's back down at 205 feeling good his first fight was a first round finish and you know basically he's on the same trajectory as me so finish this fight hopefully get one or two more then do contenders ufc next year
0: okay Mm -hmm. yeah So you, so you guys win it as a team your senior year. Yeah, it wasn't close. So it was just like was because you're not even like you were all jazzed up to tell me about your sophomore, junior year. Yeah, that was no. Your senior year was like was it just you just said you pinned four out of your five matches. Yeah, so I I pretty much you know
1: (laughs) my senior year it was like senior spring, (laughs) I was just killing it and uh, I had thirty matches and I had like twenty two pins you know so I think I had. I had one match. I had two matches that I didn't win by more than 8 points, and the one of them I won by 7, and the other one I won 5 to 1 in the NSA finals. So, it was like just a nice cap and I won the Hodge Trophy, so I was Heisman Trophy winner. Cool cool story about that is that was the same year that Kyler Murray won the Hodge tro- or the Heisman Trophy and we went to high school together. Oh. So Kyler Dude, that's two, wild. Yeah, so Kyler and me Hodge Trophy Heisman same year from the same high school. Allen, but, Texas. Allen, Texas baby. Hmm. Yeah, representing but, yeah, it was just a fun time, man. I was just very free, very loose. You know, I wrestled the number two kid in the country from Ohio State in a duel, and I pinned him in like forty five seconds. It was like you know stuff like that. It was just like silly. it was just fun. It was just yeah. building the stats, right, and uh it was more about the other people in the team. There was no team that was really near where we were at, so really, the only close team race was our junior year freshman sophomore senior, we blew everybody out of the water, but uh, I was glad we had one tight year because that made it more interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: something memorable, man. That's For sure. that's very memorable. So, so you're done with your senior year. What What do you like? Yeah. What so, happened? What's the next step? Like, so, did you already have a plan?
1: Yeah. So I knew I wanted to fight MMA. So that was something where you know, as a in the middle of college, I kind of figured out like I'm going to fight. It's just now deciding when I'm going to do it. And senior year in 2019, I'm you know we're close to the Olympics, so you know obviously like I'm going to try out. I have a good chance to make the Olympic team. And uh, so we go um, to 2020. I'm like prepped and ready to go boom COVID I'm like Mm -hmm. what the frick basically just put a pause on on my life and everybody's life for a whole year and so now I uh basically you know had some unfortunate stuff where you know different injuries different stuff going on trying to get healthy I I really couldn't train for like six or seven months out of that out of that time and uh but you know it is what it is so what are you going to do so basically get to the trials and um I had some adversity with that too um Tore my MCL 80% like 10 days before the trials wrestling. And, you know, I'm just kind of – I'm in there and I'm – in my mind, it's let's see what I freaking got because I haven't trained and I'm on one leg. And my first round match, I had to wrestle a Penn State guy who was on the college team at the time and he accidentally scratched my eye, scratched my freaking cornea. And uh, so – You know, I hate making excuses because at the end of the day, had all that stuff not happened, maybe I still don't win. You know, it's entirely possible because it's just such a high level. And so, you know, I'm not saying this is the reason I lost. I lost because I wasn't the best guy. And so I make, um, I have a crazy match in the semis Win, I make the finals and, uh, I actually had to wrestle another teammate of mine, David Taylor, who was a world champion and, uh. Very, very tough guy, guy that I, I trained with, practice with all the time. And he beat me, you know, he, he, he beat me, uh, kind of earned it, you know, deserved the win. He was a better guy. And at that point, it was deciding, do I want to go another Olympic cycle or do I want to fight? And, uh, you know, David went on to win the Olympic gold medal, which was really cool, really happy for him. And, you know, for me, it basically, my, my kind of love for competing, my love for wrestling was still there. But my love for competing wasn't there because I like the the show, the lights, the freaking pressure. I want to feel that and the team. And when you graduate and you're you're kind of on your own, you know, you might be wrestling the best guy in the world, and there might be twenty five people in the stands. You might be wrestling some random tournament in Serbia, and nobody's watching. There's a thousand people around the world watching this tournament. Like that's not exciting for me, you know. And I know they're the best in the world, so I respect that. But I like the like I said, I like the atmosphere, the environment. Yeah. And that's, that's really one of the biggest motivators for me. And so um, it kind of was just a decision. It basically came down to, do I want to do what I'm most excited about, most passionate about, or do I want to like take this goal that I've had since a kid and let that outweigh everything else? And so I decided to, to get into fighting. In addition to the fact that if I started in fighting when after the Olympic cycle, now we're talking me starting at 25 versus 29. Big difference there. Yeah. And so, you know. Huge difference. I rehab my MCL. I take four, three, four months to rehab it, get back to where I want to be. At that same time, I'm uh, building a gym in State College, American Top Team Gym. And uh, it gets built out in August. So it was kind of like a perfect lineup. I did the trials in April. And by the time the gym was ready in August, I was full-time MMA. And then I took my first amateur fight maybe four or five weeks later i was like let's go, let's fuck go. Yeah. i was like thinking i was gonna take six months i was like i'm gonna take six months and then fight because i need to figure it out and then after three weeks i was like let's go let's just do it <laughs> let's go I'm, I'm ready to fight
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so. so it just felt natural
1: yeah yeah it did you know i just i love um i love all combat sports but i really you know felt like trying jujitsu trying boxing trying muay thai when i when i just tried that stuff you know kind of playing around i was like this is what I'm, this is me like this is what i'm doing i'm going out there hand-to-hand combat against another human in this chess match of with real-time instantaneous consequences to see who's better there's no you know there's some rules but it's not like wrestling there's not as much structure mm-hmm. it's it's way more free way just way more my personality and then on top of that the the Hype the events, the production, everything like that is on hundred. Yeah, you know the UFC events are insane, and oh, so yeah. to me, that's what I want to be doing. Like my goal with obviously, you know, to be world champion and stuff, but I want to compete in Allegiant Stadium in front of eighty thousand people, like for the title. That's my goal. Yeah, you know part of one of my goals, and uh, and I'll be there, brother. Hell yeah, because I know go. it's going to happen. Definitely, I so know it. It is. <laughs> and it's already. It's done. It's done deal. So yeah, that's that's what you know. Part of the the transition, the mindset for me was. Just being being really honest and real with myself about what I want to do with my life,
0: yeah, dude. It's it's just uh like your mindset is so fucking awesome. Like I love it because there's <clears throat> there's so many got people out there right now that just like don't really have that killer mentality. Like I'm gonna go take what I want. Like there's no I hope what I wish. It mm-hmm. is I'm gonna take it. And you have that, and you're th- and you could see it when you walk out into that octagon, like. That guy's fucked. Yeah. When he steps in that octagon with you. Mm-hmm. Like you he's already he's fucked. Yeah. Dude because you have this mentality of like it doesn't matter what he's going to do. For sure. I already have my plan and I'm going to kick his ass. And it's dude it's fucking incredible, man. Can you pull up um his last fight? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I just
1: I love fighting, dude. It's so freaking fun. So primal. Well, it's so natural, so natural for you to go into
0: that, right? From what you've been doing, it and is it's probably man. more fun for you because now you get to try. You get to challenge yourself in other um, martial arts, right? Like exactly. you get to try jiu-jitsu. Like you said, you get to try jiu-jitsu. You get to try mm-hmm. boxing. You get to try muay thai, um, the kickboxing side of things, and you still get to use your wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't know. I, I roll a little bit with people, yeah. and I know that wrestling, like, re- you're already at an advantage. Huge advantage. Like you yeah. can take people down. That just a jujitsu guy, I could take them down so easy.
1: Right. I always say to people, I could. I've been wrestling for twenty plus years, and I'm taking down other guys that have been wrestling and training that long, who do this as a professional, and that's all they do. And I, I can take those guys guys down. What is an MMA fighter who's maybe let's say even they they've, they've part time wrestled for a decade? What the hell is that guy gonna do to me? Like he ain't gonna do shit. No, you know? he's not gonna do anything. So. A lot of people don't really realize that, especially because the best American wrestlers in the last decade have stuck to wrestling. You know, you got Jordan Burroughs, David Taylor, Kyle Dake, you know, Zane Rutherford, Kyle Snyder. Those guys are all still wrestling. You know, and so you don't see the cream of the crop. You see guys that are are high level wrestlers, but they're really not where I was at. There's no. a big difference. You know, like I look at a guy like, you know not to name names, but a guy like Colby Covington. Everybody talks about his wrestling. If I drew Colby Covington in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I'd be like, oh hell yeah, first period pin, let's go, like, yeah, easy, like no no problem, you know. So to <laughs> me, it's like there's just I, I'm hopefully gonna introduce the MMA fans to like what that actually means, what a real yeah
0: championship wrestler. Exactly. I mean, I think Brock Lesnar kind of did that. Yeah, you know he he wasn't. I don't think he was even as good as you, but he was an NCAA champion. He was no, an NCAA definitely cha- you know, top in the world. Definitely one of the best in the world at wrestling. You know, and especially to be a heavyweight and move the way he moved. Yep but he kind of introduced people to what it was like when a high level wrestler and Shane Carwin was a high level wrestler mm-hmm. as well, yep. you know, but he showed how much better he actually, that shows you the difference in that, you know what I mean? Between yep. a division one and division two wrestler.
1: For sure, man. And you know, um, I it's, think
0: it's a huge, there's a big jump there.
1: Yeah, there is. And there, there was a lot of guys that were coming up that I looked at uh, with a lot of respect in wrestling and, uh, you know, Henry Zahudo, um, Daniel Cormier, um, uh, Ben Askren, these guys are all to me like legit wrestlers with legit accomplishments. And um and, and I look at honestly all the wrestlers, like I don't ever feel like I, I feel like, yeah, like I was better and more accomplished than them, but they all compete at a high level. You know, there, there, there's just that extra little bit, you know. And like I said, I look at some guys where they were able to do that extra little bit. They were able to win an Olympic gold medal, win an NCAA title, um, make world teams, stuff like that. That there's a big difference between being able to do that and being, you know, an all-American in college. And and that's what people don't really understand. And and they think like that it's a, maybe like a 1% separation, but in reality it's like vastly different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think that um that guys are training, they're practicing their wrestling so much getting ready to fight you and then they're shocked by your striking?
1: <laughs> I think so, man. I would hope um that people are worried about everything at this point because that's what I want. I want the guy that I compete against to not even know what to do,
0: right? Because you don't have a flaw in your game.
1: Yeah, and, and honestly hope, like, hey, man, listen, every single fight, we're going to be wrestling, right? Like, yeah, I knocked this last dude out in 30 seconds, but we, we're we going to wrestle. And, you know, so train eight weeks for wrestling. Waste your time. Go ahead. Do it. You know, see what yeah, happens. You're still going to get your ass kicked. Cool, man. You know, I don't, you can wrestle for eight weeks. I mean, Penn State wrestling is the best wrestling in the entire world. Yeah. Go go to Dagestan for eight weeks and wrestle there and see how much that helps you. It's not gonna help you. No. You know, it doesn't matter. It's already done. It's a formality. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there there are other guys that are that are good. And yeah, MMA is a different game. There's certain things that you have to learn, but I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna understand that game the same way I figured out wrestling, you know. Lane, did you find it?
0: The UFC has this like highly like locked in. I think I found it if I can log into TikTok. <laughs> but it's Get some TikTok Get the there? actual it's video crazy. up. You can't just pull um, up his highlights? It won't pull up. No. Wow. They have it locked down, dude. Yeah. They, um, yeah they there's one they like guy it. that was recording the screen, <laughs> and that one even is blocked out.
1: Wow. Yeah, try TikTok. There's probably something on there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me is when, with the mentality of other people, one, I'm not really worried about it. Um, knock yourself out. Do whatever you want to do. I'm just going to keep getting better and improving. But, but two, I think that no matter what they do, they're underestimating what it's really like. You know, they're underestimating what it's again. Because again, I can take down the. You can put the best guys in the world right now in front of me in pure wrestling, and I'm going to take them down. You know? Yeah, I'm going to be able to do that. I still wrestle every day. You know, I'm training with Penn State wrestling team, training with literally world champion and Olympic you know, gold medalists every day. I I didn't decide to start fighting and then forget about my wrestling, you know, so that's, I think the difference too, between me and a lot of fighters is a lot of guys, you know, good wrestlers. All right. I'm just boxing, kickboxing, and maybe doing a little jujitsu, you know, that, but for me, the mindset is always utilize what I'm.
0: Your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's your bread and butter. It is. And there's no way around that. Maybe in 10 years, I don't think maybe my Muay Thai and jujitsu and, uh, my boxing will will catch up a lot, but it's never right. Probably going to be at the level that my
0: wrestling's at. So I just there's nothing in my mind that tells me that you're not about to be the biggest star in the UFC. You
1: know that's that's something I try to be. I don't really try to worry about it, you know, because I just know that's going to come. And so for me, it's it's get it's better. Expected. It's expected. Like I know, like everything that's coming my way, I've already visualized it. I already have a plan. And so I think you gotta know what you want before uh before it happens. But um that's something to me that oh yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: that's pretty funny. But uh that's something to me that I'm just worried about getting better and
0: improving. This is what you were talking about earlier, about you threw that over again. Oh
1: pow, pow. Yeah. He hit bow. my arm. That's why I stumbled bow. back on last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah. I my favorite part about that, obviously the beginning is cool and stuff, but I like the end because he hits the ground, and for me, it's it's so interesting because I'm not like a mean person. Like I, I'm not really a guy that, like, I don't get in. I'm not interested in getting in street fights. You know, I'm right. not. I'm not a guy that like in training or anything like a jerk or want to fight. Like I'm, I'm pretty nice. You know, I would consider myself pretty nice. But when I when he hits the ground or when the guy's there, it's almost like their face isn't really a real face. It's just like a a, a target. It's just like a a blob of whatever's there and i'm just trying to like throw my fist or elbow or whatever i have like just like straight through it as hard as i can like yeah. cuz i don't even see that guy as like a person right it's weird i mean i'm sure you get that i totally get that yeah it's <laughs> like it's like i'm just trying to literally murder you i'm trying to yeah you're yeah. trying
0: to kill this fucking guy
1: yeah and then and then <laughs> afterwards like to be honest i'm not really interested in like being friends and hugging him and stuff you know for my last fight i was just Thankful that the guy took the fight, but I'm like gonna do that and just be on my way, man. Just leave me alone. We don't got to do anything. We don't gonna do any hug- don't hug- Gotta be buds. No, no. Like I respect you because you came into the fight, but we don't. I had I got enough friends. I don't want more friends. Yeah, so. we
0: don't gotta be fucking buds after this. No, like, I was. Just, I, I had a hard time even like shaking hands with people. Those guys love after that a game. It's weird. Why do people like? And are like, oh, he's a bad it. sportsman. It's like, dude, I just, I'm just, i still in fucking kill mode. Yeah. Nah. You expect me to hug this guy and talk to yeah. this guy? Like
1: I'm not going to be a jerk, but. Here I, it is. Yeah, so this is kind of me setting him up, feinting, throwing some low kick feints. And then I got a little crazy right here. Straight left hand. He missed me, but, you know, whatever. Fake. That was a fake you shot. You could have took him down. Or yeah, crazy. I was kind of just trying to get him worried about the shot because I, I wanted to set everything up. That's been a big theme for me is set it up. Well, you know he's already worried boom. about the rest. See of you later. Wow. And then, boom, Bow. I just decide what to do from Bow. there
0: Bow, foul. <laughs> and then kill him. Yeah, and it and like you said, dude, that probably felt like it took so long to happen. But that is, it's a thirty second fight.
1: I dude. know, right? It was insane, and to, it's kind of I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but when you do something like that and you finish it, and let's say like for you, like the game over, the game's over. When you let that high come down, however long later, depending on what it is, you know, for a Super Bowl win, it might be like couple days or a week or whatever but when it comes down
0: you're just like oh it went so fast yeah like that's crazy feeling right well I, I feel like that some days now i'll wake up in the morning and i'm like fuck dude like i don't have to go to practice and mm. i don't have to like it's over it's done you yeah know what i mean it's like fuck it's done
1: how have you dealt with that in your in your mentality like because i mean so i'll get there at some point right
0: so you see how like you see how i train yeah i still yeah. like to train like that <laughs> um I still, to me, bow hunting has been Mm. my saving grace. And, you know, having, and being a dad Mm. and a husband, like those things kind of have taken like, like now I could focus on doing that. You know, I don't, I had to focus so much energy into like football because it is, there is like, I always envied fighters because it was like, I get to train by my, I get to, not just by myself, but like I get to train the way I want to train. Right. And then I go and I fight and then I get a, and then I, Take a break. Take a break, and then I train again, and then do another fight, and then I take a break. for For football, it's like this fucking violent marathon that you just it just never the could season. Be,
1: what could it be like? Twenty games?
0: Yeah. Well, you could, you're playing seventeen regular season games, and then if you if you're the number one seed, you're playing twenty games. Shit. And, and into the Super Bowl.
1: And you're doing preseason. And you're and, doing
0: preseason, and 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 people don't realize that like every dude for a defensive lineman, every fucking practice is like. A fucking beatdown.
1: I feel like you (laughs) should like people who don't or who may be football fans who want to get a good idea. You should take a helmet and just like hit him in the arm with it, and just like like just be like boom, feel that. Yeah, it's like okay, well, or
0: like in your fucking ribs. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was doing that to like be nice, hitting the rib cage every (laughs) fucking day. Like take some take your forearm and just like it like hit yourself in a rib. Yeah, imagine that. That's happening every day, all day long. (laughs) Yeah, and then like you know, it's just like. You know, some I do I miss the violence of the game. I miss like fucking manhandling somebody. Yeah. Like just grabbing somebody, fucking man, shed a block and boom, Derek take Derrick Henry and just fucking bury him and call him a bitch, you know? Like <laughs> oh man, I like love doing that. that kind of stuff. Like I got so much respect for like other players, but dude, on the field, mm-hmm. I am fucking talking so much right. shit. I'm here to kill you, bro. I'm here to what fuck you, you up. Like yeah. I like I, I just it's a mentality, you know, and it and it's I do I miss getting in that zone sometimes, but I also um I also don't miss waking up and fucking crawling to the shower and crawling to the, like, you know, your rib cage, like, you, you know, your floating ribs, like, they just would <sighs> pop out all the time. And I'd be like, I couldn't fucking move. And I'd just, like, crawl to the shower and, like, slowly get myself going. yeah You know, I'd have to wake up, like, two hours before I had to be in the building just so I could, like, walk into the fucking yeah. building, you know, and then you're taking, you know, you're taking fucking Toradol it's every chance you can and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're not being very healthy. You know, you're doing the best you can with your food and your fuel, but it's like, you know, you know, the COVID shit was really hard on me. Cause like, we, really? they didn't have like, that's the other thing. And the body work that I was doing, mm. I was spending somewhere between two to 300,000 a year just on body work, you know? And then you got to think I got to earn 600 to pay for that. because yeah. they you're cutting my check in half anyways. That sucks. Right. My yeah. check's getting cut right in half. So I've got to earn 600 grand just to fucking make it out here. And then it was starting to become more. Because these Damn. fucking body workers all think that they can just fucking, they, they have a monopoly on you. Right. And you, they know you need them, so they just keep charging you more and more and more. And next thing you know, you're paying fucking half a million bucks just to fucking get, make it to the field. Then COVID happened, and they wouldn't even let us use our body workers.
1: Yeah, so what are you supposed to do? So then
0: you're just fucked, dude. Like, yeah. that's how I tore both of my labrums. Really? My hip. You just yeah. couldn't
1: stay, like? With the recovery routine. I couldn't and-
0: stay up with it, couldn't keep up with it because they weren't they weren't making it available and I wouldn't get vaccinated. Right. So I, they wouldn't let me in the training room. They wouldn't let me do this. Good they wouldn't call, let me though. do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was not getting that yeah. shit. Dude. I think not-
1: everybody can agree now. It's like the guys who did it. Good call. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think everybody's like, oh. You know, but I don't get an apology from the fucking no. league for the fines that I got stuck with because no. I didn't wear a fucking mask in the building this day or that I had a I was fucking come off a a 2 a day practice in 90-degree heat and it's fucking 90% humidity in Baltimore. Full padded, three-hour practice. I'm coming off the field. It's a 10-step... It's literally 10 steps to the fucking locker room. <laughs> and I'm drinking a fucking protein shake because I haven't eaten for five hours, you know? Yeah. Or for f- like four hours, I hadn't eaten, you know? Because yeah. you eat an hour before practice and then you, you know, you don't want to go out there with a full belly. You right. throw it up immediately. You know, first team period, you're going to throw it up. So I'm walking in drinking a protein shake. Next day, I got a $15,000 fine or a $25,000 fine in my locker. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? Oh, you know? that's crazy. <laughs> and then they come in and they're like, oh, we're just trying to keep you guys safe. And I called them fucking Nazis and right. told them I'll wear my Star David. <laughs> 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 like, they didn't like that. So uh, they put yeah. a target on my back, man. I'm, I feel
1: like, you know, like you said, you know, you miss the um, the violence and the just getting after it and, and competing the, with yeah. other guys, but there's so much other stuff that just sucks. You know, part of being like an athlete and, you know, I'm sure in the NFL it's like times 10 because it's such a big organization and there's so much going on and there's so much, there's probably just as many people dealing with like log- logistic, bureaucratic uh, types, administrative stuff that there is people dealing with the actual game.
0: Dude, the whole the whole thing about the, the, the NFL, dude, is a big popularity contest. Hmm. Like if you want to make pro bowls and be an all pro and all this shit, yeah, you got to be a good player. But you all, dude. I was the number one run stopper in the league for nine years. Like, when they ran the ball at me, it was fucking basically a zero yard gain. It didn't matter. Right. Like you weren't gaining a fucking yard if you ran a ball at me. Right. It didn't matter what you did. I was the number one guy, and then I was a fucking good pass rusher, and I set up Von Miller's time and time again for sacks. Like mm-hmm. he, he'll even tell you. Yeah. But it's like I wouldn't kiss anybody's ass, and I wouldn't fucking conform to the to the lefty bullshit. So in turn i get treated like a fucking uh, dude i in 2016 i wouldn't kneel right i was like no fuck that no i'm not right. kneeling to this marxist fucking bullshit right like yeah we yeah there's there's reform that can happen and there's change that can happen but this isn't this is not how you're causing division right here mm. and if even one veteran one person that fucking laid his fucking life on the line you know for our for our flag and our country if even one of them is offended then i'm fucking out I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I have a brother-in-law and he said, I don't, he's in, he's in the Navy. He's a chief in the Navy. And he was like, I don't think it's, I think it's a wrong platform. He didn't agree with it. He didn't think it was cool. So that was all I had to hear. Right. And I said, okay. Yeah. All right, man, I'm not taking a knee. And I said that, I said, I'm not going to take a knee. I just got back from Thailand and saw how these third world countries live. I never really, that I didn't get on an airplane until I was a, uh, a freshman in college. Wow. That was my first time ever flying. Wow. You know, so like I had never really been anywhere outside of the Appalachia, yeah. <laughs> which is poor as fuck. Right. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> then I go see how these really, like, I thought it was like, it can't get much worse in this fucking area, right? Like, this. Right. And then I get out and I go to, go to Thailand and see these people living in bamboo fucking huts on the Bangkok River and right. they're swimming and drinking the same water they shit and piss in. And I'm like, I said, if you don't think this is the greatest country in the world, then why do you stay here? For sure. That's all I said. And they yeah. said Derek Wolf tells his black teammates to go back to Africa. Quotations. Wow.
1: wow, bro. Yeah, bro. Dude, the media is so crazy, man. I mean, I've experienced a little bit from fighting, but I'll have a whole interview where I'll like make a whole point and then they'll just completely change it and highlight one thing that's not even what I actually said. Exactly. I'm I don't even want I like I like, don't you even can, want to do interviews. Yeah, because they'll twist it. The suckiest part about the UFC is for my fight week, I have to do probably eight hours of media. Yeah, yeah, in the fight week, and you know, it's just the same friggin' BS interview questions. It almost feels like they're trying to get you to. They're just trying to get you to say something that's controversial or that'll get clicks, and you know. And I'm
0: like, I just I hate that
1: crap, dude. I just want to fight. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it, it you also need to. Yeah. So I learned young that like you can use them in, to your advantage, mm-hmm. right? So like that is the one part of the game that I did figure out that like, okay, I can use the media to my advantage. Right. And I can say things and if I just keep it real and stay my true authentic self, people are going to love me or they're going to hate me. Right. And that's fine. Like if you don't fucking like me or you don't love me, then I don't, I could give a shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I don't care. What did what did me and Emmanuel say? Today I got ten haters. Tomorrow I'm trying to have eleven. You know, and if you're not, if you don't got people hating on you, then you're probably not doing shit right.
1: That's true, man. Not everybody. You can't
0: make everybody happy. Like that's just the way it goes. Especially in the in the climate that we live in today, where the country is literally split down the middle. You know, with all the with all the issues going on. For sure. But it's like. You know, I, I should be able to make a stance on whatever I feel. Like, if if the other side can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah, it doesn't have to be. We can have a disagreement and still be fucking great friends. Like, sure. me, dude, me and to Talib had totally different views on life than I did. He's from Texas. He's, he's from right outside Dallas. Yeah, he's a fucking uh, he's a black dude that's a Muslim. Like, I'm a white dude from Appalachia. Like, dude, we we had nothing in common in that in that ground. But when it came to fucking being on that field. That was my brother. Right, like we fucking would die for each other for out sure. There. Like no matter what. And to this day, like you know, I'm still so tight with all those guys. The guys we won that sh- that sh- that championship with. Whether it's Pey- when I call Peyton Manning, he answers. When I call Demarcus Ware, he answers. I call Vaughn, he answers. Because we're fucking brothers, man. Like no we doubt. and that there's a brotherhood that's built in that that you really don't find anywhere else. Hundred percent, I you feel just you. Don't.
1: I hundred percent feel you. Like I was saying, you know, six of my seven groomsmen at my wedding were my teammates from wrestling exactly. at Penn State and the other one was a wrestler that I've known since I was 6. So yeah, man, um I feel like people just try to just twist everything and make it weird and all that and I'm trying to navigate it because I don't want to do the whole character, hype it up, that type of thing, you know. I think there's a couple there's a lot of fighters that go that route. For me, I'm more willing to just be myself and have a slower build, maybe, but uh, at the same time, just speak my mind, and I think that people will want to watch me fight, regardless. Um, it just might, you know, maybe they they get to know me a little slower, right? Or, but they'll get to know actually who I am, right? So that's kind of yeah. Where... Well, I
0: think when there's, a, I think that I think that you're playing the way you're doing this is perfect mm. because people there's enough question marks around who you are that it's like, man, this guy's fucking good. Mm. I want to see more of him, right? I want to get to know him. More. I want to see more. Can you? Can you like do an interview with Bo? Can you get Bo? Can you get Bo? Can you get Bo? Like they're going to keep asking that. <laughs> yeah. And the more that they do that, it creates it creates like this, um, this need, right? It's like a supply and demand type of deal, right? So like the less that you do, the more people are going to want you. For sure, I so, do feel
1: like it's interesting position because lately it's been all right. How do I say no? You know, because there's so much going on so much coming my way. And, you know, it, it's, it would be pretty easy to just try to say yes to everything, but at the same time, it would make it really hard on, on myself and my goals. Cause you know, a lot of that is taking, it's taken away from what i need to do on a daily basis.
0: On our ride over here, we're talking about all these ventures that you have going on. And like, I find that super interesting. Cause that's like, you're in the start of your career now, mm-hmm. like you had your NCAA career. Now you're in your start of your professional career. Um, but you're also looking on like in the long run with, um, with other things like you have your guide, you have your, um, outfitting business. Mm -hmm. Um, then you had a couple other things like, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, man. I got, I got a lot going on to be honest. And I I think it started when I just kind of always had an entrepreneurial mindset and, uh, you know, in high school I I would, it really started when I was young. I would collect wrestling shoes, wrestling singlets, stuff like that. And I would buy, sell, trade like all over, you know, you go to wrestling tournament, there'd be 50 kids doing it. And, I would do that, and then there was kind of some websites where you could do it online, and it morphed into when I was in high school. So I started off with a couple pairs of shoes and um, like a couple singlets, and I ended up with like a hundred pairs of shoes. Like just I just loved it, and it was fun for me. And so in high school, I had a family friend who he sold shoes for a living, and he would buy these semi trucks of whatever was in there—Nike, K-Swiss, Adidas, Asics, whatever—and he came across like 200 pairs of wrestling shoes. And he was like, can you move these for me? I was like, dude, easy, no problem. So I basically set up a whole kind of business where I was I was selling them um, in person, but I was also doing a lot of online, like eBay store type stuff. And this was before Amazon was even like a thing. So um, I basically moved 200 pairs of shoes in like six weeks and I made a good amount of money. I'd split the profits within 50-50 and he paid for all the... Uh, shipping and the cost of the actual shoe so it, it was kind of cool and, and that was where i was like all right i'm not ever gonna work a job <laughs> you know yeah, like i'm nine ideally to five. ideally i just wrestle you know and and then fight at that point i didn't even know i wanted to fight but i just do something like that but i'm not doing a nine to five is not an option for me and uh so then you know through college i would um i was on scholarship but i would make money in the summers doing wrestling clinics camps and stuff and it gets pretty crazy man when you get three, 400 kids at a camp and they're all paying 250 bucks, like you can make some good money. Of course, you know, there's people setting that up. So I would structure it a couple of different ways. One, it would just be a lump sum where i would just take X amount of money. And I probably could have made a lot more if I knew more, but you know, I I only knew what I knew up to that point. So now I just kind of was almost working business deals and negotiations 20 times a year uh, over the summer, negotiating with these people, putting on clinics. And, uh, that's really how I learned a lot and kind of got interested in business and stuff. And, um, from there, my first deal out of college was in 2019 with an apparel brand is actually the apparel brand I'm wearing right now. It's scrap life and we're based in wrestling, but we're looking to get into combat sports and eventually lifestyle, but we're head to toe. So we do anything and everything, wrestling shoes, knee pads, backpacks, uh, all different types of apparel, shorts, joggers, tees, hoodies, hats, everything. And, uh,
0: it's, a, it's called Scrap Life. Scrap Life, yeah, it's so, perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So it kind of works with fighting too, which is nice. But basically, in 2019, they just brought me in as an athlete, and it was a very, it was a very relatively small company, and um, they kind of liked meeting with me, thought I had good ideas. So I basically was the person that was put in charge of developing our shoes. At that point, we didn't have a, sh- a wrestling shoe, and I love shoes, so I started um, developing the wrestling shoe, and uh, then working a lot with the design team, and now. Um, They brought me in uh, as partner a couple years ago, and so I deal with all of our uh, product development, and I do um, the NIL athlete kind of roster. I kind of manage that, and so that was my first uh, deal and my first like, um, yep, there's our uh, stuff we got going on, so we we do really nice. We're a premium brand, so we do like the nicest stuff you can get, but uh, from from there, uh, I was just wrestling, so i the 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 brand opportunities and deals and businesses are just limited because you got this size of platform and and that's it so you know the platform is really almost bigger than the the athlete right like you kind of cap yourself out by what your platform is and so um that was my really only deal that kind of worked in a business sense and i was trying to work uh do start some other startups on the side when i could and still training full-time but uh from there, um, once I started fighting, now opportunity is much different. Especially once I signed with the UFC, there's a lot of brands, companies that want to work with me. So, typically, anytime I structure a deal with a, a brand, it's it's equity based. I like it to be just because I want it to be something that I believe in and support, and I can be with long term, mm-hmm. and uh, just have that upside of you know we sell the company, and now I'm making more money outside fighting than I'm in fighting, which I probably am. Yeah, at this point, I guess I would have to look at it, but I'm definitely, you know, I think I'm definitely making a lot more outside of it, but, uh, depending on how many times a year I fight and, you know, maybe that'll change and shift as I, you know, uh, renegotiate contracts and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I've always just kind of had a, a business mindset. And so, you know, started with scrap life and then I'm an equity partner in uh, better, a better sports betting company. And, uh, we, I do, you know, that's where I do my show, my podcast and, um, kind of helping out on the media side of their, uh, their sports betting. And then I started a, uh, an outfitting business, 70 outfitters in Northwest Colorado. So we guide for, uh, like I told you, you know, big game. And then we do bird hunts in the off season, pheasants, chuckers, stuff like that. And we're, we're going to be doing predator hunting as well. So, you know, that's new, but I'm trying to grow it and kind of, uh, build that just as a, a fun project. Cause I love hunting. And yeah. then also started a recovery lotion. I'll send you some, it's dude, it's the real deal. So It's called 2717 after uh, one of my favorite Bible verses, Proverbs 2717. It says, uh, so as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And I just love that mantra of like sharpening each other, improving, getting better. And I feel Mm -hmm. like there's there's an element of recovery kind of almost implied into that. Like you train hard, you also got to recover. So that's, uh, yeah, there's the outfitting business. But um, that's a product I'm I'm super excited about, and I feel like it, it helped me a ton. So I said I tore my MCL. I basically uh, like er, at the end of my wrestling career, I did three months of rehab, and re-injury, re-injury, re-injury. I got that product at three months. I started putting on my knee. One month, boom, hundred percent. Never had an issue since. Wow. So I'll I'll get you some. Yeah. Just just let me know how you like it. Yeah. Let me try it. We're starting up, and we we just started uh, selling product in the last month. But um, I think it's you know it's really good. And then yeah, I mean I have other a few other things going. on. Like I said, I built a gym, so. Um, Got a couple rental properties like uh, Airbnb and properties near Penn State and um, looking to kind of just continue to diversify, expand all the things I'm involved with. I'm talking with a sparkling water company that I'm trying to get a deal done with. And, um, you know, so it's kind of a mix of existing companies that have come to me looking for endorsement and, you know, I choose to negotiate the way I do and align with companies that I really believe in long term. And then a few that I do
0: the same exact thing. Yeah, a
1: few that I want to start yeah. myself. That I just have the idea. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, and it's just fun for me. You know, I think that that's probably when I'm done fighting, I'll just do jujitsu and do ADCC World Championships, and then uh probably just try to you know run some businesses and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty badass, man. That, that's what I always try to do too with these with these companies that want to sponsor this. Mm-hmm. And that. I'm like, hey, like I love this brand and I yeah. love the company. Let's you know I do, I'm working on a deal now with this coffee company called Juniper Mountain, mm-hmm. and these guys are like awesome, dude. They fucking they're from Oregon, you know, based uh their their factories down in um down in Florida and Cocoa like right around Cocoa Beach that area. Um, but they did they put out like they're just like Western hunters. They love hunting, like very like pro American hmm. brand. And I was like, dude, I love it. Like love the branding, love what you guys are about. I was like, instead of, like, because they reached out to me, and I was like, instead of endorsement, like, I want to be a part of the team. Yeah. Like, I believe in the in the brand and the company. And after, like, you know, you sign NDAs and you go look through their financials and stuff, like you guys have a lot of potential here. Like, for sure. We'd love to be <laughs> a part sure. of it, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I feel like a company would rather have somebody that believes in it. I'm not just taking a six-month deal for, yeah. you know, a couple thousand bucks here and a couple thousand bucks there, and it's like, you know, here today gone tomorrow like mm-hmm. i want this to be a long-term thing you know and i'm working out a, there's a couple deals that i'm doing that with with a couple different companies some of them i can't talk about yet but right you know that's just i love the way you structure that and i think that's the way to look at it a lot of people want that quick that quick cash yeah. oh here's the cash well, i'd oh. rather be part of this company and when we sell it in 10 years i'm getting a you know five to ten million dollar 20 right. million dollar check you never know you right know? yeah
1: you know i think too like you you uh you see what sticks, right? So you know, for me, it, a lot of it just the the kind of standard of getting in is does it align with what I, what I do and do I like it? Like, do, is is, yeah, is, is I like something it. I believe in, I like, and I feel comfortable, you know, putting in in my name on it. Like, so you know, that's kind of the standard. We get to that point. You know, there's a lot of things there, but you know, you can do that twenty times and one of them goes or two of them go. It's like you're you're killing it. Yeah. So To me, that's you know. And, and it's, it's venture things, capitalism. And it's fun too because you're doing it with things you're interested in with things that you like. You know, like I love um, designing products and, and apparel and stuff and so I I get to help do that and it's, it's fun for me. I enjoy it and then we can also, you know, make money doing it and then, you know, for the other products it's like stuff, it's just only stuff I enjoy. Like I feel very lucky and blessed that I'm in a situation where I don't have to fight to make a living. Um, I can do other things to make a living so I get to choose my schedule when I fight, but then I also get kind of a freedom of of my time. You know, I'm able to spend time doing what, like, I can come out here and and do this. And that's honestly one of the coolest parts of being a pro athlete is you're, you're, you know, you have your season and you have your time when you're ready to get down, but then, and it's different for different sports, but outside of that, like, you get to kind of do what you want to do, you know, and so that, that especially with fighting.
0: (laughs) That's why I always interviewed fighters because, like, when I, you know, my wife would get so mad because every time we, I took, I only took like two weeks to not train.
1: That's a lot. Like a lot I'd of end the
0: season, and I would like not train. I would actually it would barely be like a week because I yeah. would just can't do it. I can't <laughs> not do it. You know, right. like because I feel like I, there's this constant feeling of somebody else is doing it, mm. and I gotta if they're gonna do it, I gotta do it. Yeah, like I can't let somebody outwork me. You know, so I just we'd like we'd go to Greece, we'd go to Europe, and I'd have to have I'd make sure that we had gym set up so I could train. <laughs> and I had a whole program set up or. Oh, we're going to you know Universal and this and that and taking the kids and I'm like, well, I got to have a trainer come and you know we're gonna be I got to take yeah. two hours out of the day to work out you know so it is now that, that's been the best part about retirement is that like yeah. I don't have to worry about that I can go just like work out. But that's I also want.
1: why you're able to perform at such a high level like what you were because you you had that dedication and you had that commitment that you know um, maybe maybe some other people didn't didn't feel that way they didn't feel like they needed to put in the work. And and that's something I really, I won't say I struggle with, but I think about every single day when I'm when I'm uh, looking at how I spend my time because I can't let these, these while there's all these other opportunities for business partnerships and brands and you know I can't let that get in the way of my my ultimate goal of, of being yeah. the world champion and so that's what I try to really that's my I won't say it's my biggest again I won't say it's my biggest struggle but it, it's my biggest challenge in How do I spend my time? And so I've kind of just structured it in in chunks almost. Like I have X amount of time that's built in after my fight to where I'm going to do these other things. And then when it's time to get after it, you know, and I'm still training. Like most of the time I'm still training, you know. Uh it'll just be I also I'll train in the morning, train in the afternoon, and then I also take however many hours to, you know, work 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 deals or talk with the companies that I'm with and kind of develop stuff and plan and strategize. But then, you know, we get to however many weeks, four months away from the fight. And I'm like, all right, let's lock in, you know, which is a long time, but that's to me finding that balance of how to, how to make it. So I do not, I will not sacrifice this ultimate goal of, you know, aside from spending time with my wife and spending time with uh, my son, who's on the way like that, that's, you know, priority number one, but the other stuff is absolutely below fighting. You know, you can't you can't let it get in the way.
0: Yeah, that's what you know. My my father figure and my mentor. Um, he actually lives down there in Florida, and he he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, he lives right there in Highland Beach. Nice. So I don't know if you know where that is in Boca.
1: I know Boca, yeah, yeah,
0: but he's he actually works with a lot of those top team guys too. Nice, um, but I'll have to introduce you to him. Yeah, yeah, you're down, like, down there a lot. Yeah, so. I, we'll have to link up down there, and I'll introduce you to him. Definitely. But he told me, you know, he does. He's very successful. He comes from nothing. Um, he's on his way to be a billionaire, hmm. and he's he his his advice to me when I was playing was because I was always like pressing, like, come on, man, like, let me in on some deals, like, I need to get some deals. He's like, listen, he's like, your job is to play football. Hmm. He said that comes above everything else. Don't get involved in any deals that you can't put your, that you don't know everything about mm. that. You can't put your full energy into because that's how you get burnt. Mm. And he was right, man. He's yeah. like, cause every time I, anytime I like tried to do, anytime I thought something was too good, like it looked too good to be true. It usually is, you know? Yeah. And I was lucky. I was lucky to have somebody to teach me that because I, there was a lot of deals that I looked at and I was like, man, I just can't believe I'm not doing this one. And then you find out like, you know, six weeks later or a month, a couple months later, Oh, they, oh! They fell through. Yeah, it never panned out. And it's like, well, they made it sound like they had all the funding and everything was ready to go. And
1: right, yeah. If you if if it looks too good to be true, then it probably is, right? And how how is that for you dealing, you know, with with opportunities coming at you? I'm sure there's so many vultures, people that just want to like nonstop. Yeah, it like, is like non-stop. get involved. In
0: Even it. now, st- there's still just like always somebody always wants you to oh invest in this, invest yeah. in that. It's like I'm good, man. If it's not going to earn me ten percent. Tomorrow, then I don't want to be in on it. You don't have like, to. I don't. I don't have to because I can just sit around and do nothing and earn ten percent. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to give you cash, I'll give you my time. Right. And and you can use my name for the product if I like it. Right. For equity, but I'm not going to just dump cash into things that, you know, I might have to wait three years just to see any kind of return on. Like I'm yeah. not going to do it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, man. I mean, I feel like for me, that's it. I'm I'm getting to that point. Where it's going to start getting crazy, you know. Um, I'm in my first year of, of fighting professional, and I'm making a good amount of money. Like I don't really, this is more money than I ever expected to make growing up, and we're in year one. So, you know, the, the the upside is is pretty crazy. You know, if I continue to win and do well, but I'm always asking myself, you know, or I guess trying to figure out what's real and what's not. It's just like a, such a learning process. It's hard, man. You hope you have good so people much... around you.
0: There's so much, dude, I'm telling you, man, some of the people that I thought were like, some of the people that I thought were, would never take advantage of me were taking advantage of me. Wow. That I would never think, that know everything about me and know what I come from. And I'm thinking like, these guys will never take advantage of me. Wow. Those guys are the ones that you have to watch out for, honestly. Because the guys on the outside, you're like, yeah, you know, you can pretty much kind of read through the bullshit, but you never want to believe that the people closest to you would do it. So- Not that I'm not saying you got fucking scumbags around you, but money makes people change. It just does when, especially when it's somebody else's money and it's not theirs. I believe that it changes them. It just does.
1: Yeah, man, I I believe that for sure. You know, I I feel like uh, again, just like fighting or competing, anything. It's not something I'm afraid of, but it's definitely something that I got to figure out. You know,
0: and and it's about keeping a small circle, honestly. mm. Like the small, like you don't need any new friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you have a pretty good team around you already. Yeah. You don't need any new outside fucking bullshit. You yeah. Know what I mean? People are any, but you don't need people around you that aren't like growing themselves, right? Like I always say like LeBron James, right? Like, dude, he, his whole team of friends, they're all, they all like crushed it for him and for themselves. Like they went and got degrees and they, you know, started businesses for him and they managed things for him. Like I just was like so envious of that because like I, no matter what I try to do to the people around me, they just like didn't have that same drive yeah. as me. So it's they like, wanted a handout kind of type. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So it's like I, that's why I try to I try to surround myself with people like you, people like Lane, people who are always trying to grow. They're always on the up. Like they're never like oh I'm content with where I'm at. Like they're trying to grow nonstop. Like even right. if they feel like people like are always like well you you know what else you don't need to do this and that. Like you've made enough money in the NFL. Like dude, it's not about money. It's about growing and being a creator like i'm trying to create shit all the time like and that's that's where i get i find happiness in that you know and i just i think that complacency and being content like that's kind of a disease like i don't want to feel that way
1: i think about that you know for sure because for me just starting my career off like i know where i'm headed i know what my my goals are financially like you know i think in mma i think it's super realistic for me to make 100 million bucks so you know that that's to me where i want to be and then you know then the question that I'm trying to answer in my mind, and I think I have a, a decent grasp, like I said, of what I want to do. But what do I do as a kid who my parents were just teachers and you know just very normal, normal life? Uh, what do I do? And I got a hundred million bucks in the bank. You like, can change. And I don't have self, to do you anything. can change people's lives. Yeah, like I don't have to do anything, but exactly what I want to do. You know, be able to affect change and and do something that's really meaningful. Um, and also that I just like to do that's fun and and enjoyable and give my my people all a good life, you know? So yeah. that's where, you know, it's one step at a time, though, you know? I don't you're, on, wanna...
0: you're on the right track, brother. I appreciate you. I think we need to wrap it up. Awesome. But, dude, you fucking... This is super you, fun. Dude, uh, thank you for coming, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to getting on some hunts with you. Hell yeah. I'm looking forward to coming and fucking doing your podcast. Let's and, go. Um, whatever you need from me, man, and hit me up. Like, you ever need any, like you know advice. you ever want to like go into business on something together like i'm here Oh definitely you yeah, know? yeah. Like, i think there's a lot of cool shit we could do together so
1: Absolutely man appreciate you thank you yep. for having me on thank it was you, bro. super fun so